Welcome to the Red Leaf WrestleCast. Together and back again with Red, aka Rad Zero, for for our second WrestleCast episode covering the madness that was Mania Weekend. Welcome, Red. Hey, thank you for having me again, JD. What's going on, everybody? So glad to be here. This is episode two, and we're going to touch base on everything that happened WrestleMania weekend and beyond. Oh, and what, man, I, I got very drunk all weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. There were, there were some highs and lows, that's for sure. Oh, definitely. And, and it wasn't just it wasn't just WWE, people. We're covering it all. So before I do a quick rundown of what we're covering... I would like to personally thank the guys over at the uh, Future Wrestling Podcast, Colin and Logan, as well as Travis, a.k.a. Hibiki TMD, over at Slam Pigs. Over the last couple days on the, the post-NXT TakeOver and post-Mania show, they had me on for their, their uh, podcast and putting up with my basically Jekyll and Hyde attitude on these two cast episodes. I mean, <laughs> I, was, I was happy, I was sad, I was agreeing, I was disagreeing, I was a madman. Uh, so I hope I, hope they, I hope I wasn't too crazy for them. Oh, it was so, fun. Yeah. Uh, everyone out there, please be sure to j- go check out both those episodes. Uh, links and names will be in the description below. And definitely go check out future episodes of the Future Wrestling Podcast and Slam Pigs. But we are not here for the Slam Pigs or Wrestling Podcast. We are here for the Red Leaf WrestleCast. So here is now the quick rundown of what we're going to be covering today. Uh, if you've listened to our, our first episode... What we do is we break th- uh, break all the shows down into three tiers. Tier 3 is the indie scene. Tier 2 is New Japan and Ring of Honor. And Tier 1 is all of the WWE stuff. So, Tier 3 will be Defiant Wrestling. Uh, they had a pay-per-view a little while ago. Finally got a chance to watch it. Um, it was only a couple weeks ago, but it's Lights Out. And their Road to No Regrets special. Uh, Impact Wrestling and Lucha Underground had an event in New Orleans uh, that you could have watched on Twitch. So we'll be covering that. A little WXW, uh, my favorite re- indie wrestling scene. And finally, Chapter 65 of Progress Wrestling. Um, how does that sound, Rad? Sound pretty pretty rad? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely radical, man. Let's do this. Yeah. And um, Tier 2 will cover Strong Style Evolved, Soccer Genesis. Ring of Honor will be Supercard 12. And finally, Tier 1 is NXT TakeOver New Orleans and WrestleMania 34. Because, of course, you got to cover WrestleMania. This is basically wrestling week, right? Mania, Mania week. <laughs> it is important to note that we will not be covering every single match, but more focused on the major impacts and takeaways uh, of the event itself. You know, maybe a wrestler did something that highlighted uh, himself or herself or a match that had more to take away of it. So we're going to try and be more po- more of a positive outlook because, man, there, there, there are some ups and downs for sure. Uh, I, I think you can agree with that, Red. Oh, yeah, of course. ton of ups and downs this weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As I sip my tea. There will be also a big announcement for the Red Leaf Retrocast going forward at the end of the show, so definitely uh, you'll want to stay tuned from that because this is episode 49, so that kind of hints at a milestone coming. Actually, so even though this is episode two of the WrestleCast, this is 49 of the Red Leaf Retrocast. Almost a year and a half in the making now. Wow, that's great news. Yeah. Uh, but now, on to the show. Uh, do you have anything else you want to say, Red? Uh, no, go ahead and take it away, man. Okay. So, uh, Tier 3 is the indie scene. I'd like to start off with Defiant Wrestling, uh, their Lights Out, and Road to No Regrets uh, recap. Uh, and number one that stands out is the 21st century badass Millie McKenzie defended her 
women's title against a in a triple threat rat match against Kaylee Ray and Sami Zayn. Um, we should be a little bit familiar with Kaylee Ray from the uh, uh, May Young Classic. Oh, absolutely. If you remember her. Uh, Sammy Jane was a little bit of an unknown, even for myself. Um, she's got some pretty slick moves, like a, uh, she goes, she, she, uh, the person's like in the, in the middle rope and she'll dive under the legs and do this like reverse powerbomb thing. It's pretty cool. It's kind of like her signature little move. But Millie McKenzie is the highlight here because she is 17 years old. The first champion born in the new millennium. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty wild. She uh, she has a lot. She she has a lot of basic moves, but the way they're putting it over kind of reminds me of like a Brock Lesnar move set. She does a bunch of suplexes. She has a cutter like Randy Orton, um, and she generally just has this mean face on all the time. And she's kind of tall too. Yes, she does. I haven't had the opportunity to see any of her matches, but I have seen her. She's pretty intimidating. It's pretty funny what they're doing doing with her over there, and. Uh, I kind of I kind of like it, you know. She she's definitely you know really young <laughs> and has a ways to go, but man, the the future is bright for her. Uh, it was a, it was a pretty decent match. Kelly Ray was was definitely you know rock solid as one can be. And she's based out of England as well. Yes, yeah. Kelly Ray is kind of in those more le- even more lesser known pr- uh, promotions like um, Southwestern Wrestling in the UK. Like it's. Okay. Yeah, it's it's not very big at all. Uh, there's a couple other wrestlers in in SWE. I, th- I hope I'm getting that promotion uh, name correct, but it's just not something that interests me. They're not big enough quite yet. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Walter and David Starr fought for the number one contender for the internet title uh, for Defiant, and this was this was interesting because they've been building up. Uh, David Starr just keeps losing to Walter over and over again. They I kept mentioning even Starr's promotions were just like he's never beat him. He's getting irritated. He's zero and ten against the big Austrian. Uh, or he, he no, he was zero and nine heading into the match, and he didn't want a tenth loss. So they were fighting for Travis Banks' internet title. Okay. Uh, or at least the the right to do it. Well, uh, Starr ended up losing this match. Um, he claimed his foot was under the rope and the met and the ref missed it. So he's, so he kind of like got the mic. He was real tired. He goes, I lost, but uh ref, I'm not going to complain that you did a bad job, but you missed my foot under the rope. So I'm challenging Walter for one more match, you know, at, at road to no regrets, uh, no rope break, no time limit, like no constrictions. There could still be DQ, uh, you know, so no chair shots or anything. Um, but he cut, he, David Starr actually put cut a pretty good promo there. I was quite impressed. Um, move on to Road to No Regrets, Star and Walter had had fought like four more times in between, and Star lost four more times. So he was even more desperate going into this match. You can kind of see it on his face. Uh, the commentators did a good job. Um, and holy fuck, like Walter didn't hold back again. It was a well fought match it was just hard hard hitting you could sense stars desperation in his moves and what he was doing to walter but yet again walter just too powerful too good and he's now the new number one contender against banks for the tv oh, title wow. yeah the storytelling oh yeah like you would you would expect you know kind of this underdog uh story to overcome kind of like what we saw with uh nxt but we'll get there 
kind of deal. It sure. just didn't happen. Now he's 0-15 and 15 against Walter all time. It's pretty nuts. Um, no, man, how how familiar are you? Have you ever seen a Star versus Walter match yet? No, not not actually. But now that you're mentioning it, it uh, definitely has me interested. So I'm definitely going to have to play catch up on that. Yeah. Uh, have you seen a Walter match before? I can't say that I have. Uh, just going down maybe results, but I haven't actually seen a wrestling match uh, live on any of their events. Ooh, so it's a good thing because you can watch the Road to No Regrets special on YouTube, on Defiance YouTube page. So you can oh, see the Star-Walter match. And uh, I do not, like, I don't know what's, Star's got to be out of his mind because Walter's chops, like, even sound like a gunshot going off. It's insane. You know what? Now that you mentioned, I might have seen a clip on that, if I'm not mistaken, and they were pretty loud. Like, good God. Like, he hits him maybe twice, and the dude's chest, like... M- might be already bleeding. Like it's that hard hitting. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. I, I I like when I was first watching WXW, I was like, okay, Walter's not too impressive. You know, he doesn't have like the quote unquote wrestler body, like super, you know, muscular and built. Right. The dude's just tall. And he's simple in the ring and effective. You know, he doesn't have a large moveset. It's just he kicks the shit out of you. He slaps the shit out of you. He's got a, ger- a big-ass German suplex because he's like 6'10 or whatever how tall he is. <laughs> 300 pounds. Yeah, and, and obviously, as you mentioned, that it was effective. I guess that's the uh, the key in making a big guy brawler, so to speak, work. Oh, it clearly works. He's so He's so smooth in the ring and everything, like, makes sense. So this is a good example of a wrestler not having a large moveset, but you just get the right opponent and the right pace of doing all these all these things. Right. It can work. Like I loved watching I've I've watched three Star versus Walter matches now. This is the third one, and I like I just found myself anticipating Star get hit with that first chop. You know, he missed like yeah. three. Yeah, and this one he missed like the first like six times, then finally oh, got hit, and it's just bam, and you're like, oh no, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess when you're tuning in, that's exactly what you're waiting for. Oh yeah, like I, the more I watch Walter, the more I'm I'm just loving watching this guy because it's just so uh, it's just a simple, effective kind of old school wrestling style, and he's so good at it. Uh, but the more the more important note to um sadly take out of. Defiant Wrestling's recap is their hardcore, their their innovator of bringing back the hardcore division and title. Uh, Primate has retired due to a jaw injury. I saw that. Yeah, I, I believe uh, you shared you, that clip with me, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, if you if you follow me on Twitter, I was also tagging uh, Rad and and Travis Hibiki TMD. Uh, just like here, here, it's on Defiant's YouTube page of his kind of heartfelt retirement speech uh, after the Lights Out pay per view. Um, he basically just found out he had a glass jaw. There was an accident in the ring, a match with against Jimmy Jimmy Havoc, guy from Progress Wrestling, and he's he's he, oh he even showed X rays on the screen and everything to like no it's not a work like I'm sorry guys, uh and he and he um left his mask in the ring like everybody from Defiant came out and, like him even Walter like gave him a big you know, big handshake and kind of sure. slapped him in the face a couple times. Cause that's what he does, <laughs> but uh, not respect. on his, not on the other side of his jaw, you know, <laughs> of course. Yeah. Just a lot of respect. You can tell a lot of the guys in the back had a lot of respect for primate and what he did. And he's only been wrestling. He only got to wrestle for two years. 
Oh man, that's uh, yeah, that's that's uh, that's tragic. You know, it, yeah. it, it kind of sucks to see, uh, you know, somebody so uh, young in the infancy in their career and having to hang up the boots, so to speak. Especially how innovative he was for bringing back a whole division. A whole division was was the was the point because when was the last time you saw a hardcore match that got you on your feet? And that's what I that I mean that's what Primate did. He brought it back. It's such a shame. All right. I'm just making notes here on where we're at. Okay. So, um, yeah, definitely go check out Defiance YouTube page. You can you can see Primate's retirement speech, and you can see the Star versus Walter uh, match, Road to No Regrets. Um, definitely, definitely my my takeaways from that. It was it's it's good, very good in ring storytelling. Uh, the matches matter. Go figure, right? <laughs> yeah. Or wrestling matters. I'll definitely go wrestling check it matters. out. The rest of the pay per view, I wasn't, I wasn't too, too into, or they're, they're a little special. But that was definitely a, a good one. This was Friday, or when did this take place? Uh, Road to No Regrets was Saturday afternoon, I believe. Okay. Or it was the previous weekend because we're, we're these are all like major events that happened in between our last recording and now. Sure. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, all right, so Lucha Underground versus Impact Wrestling. That was a thing that happened on Twitch TV, on Impact's Twitch. You can yes, watch I the heard. whole thing. And unfortunately, I missed it myself, but I heard a lot of good things about it. and It was definitely popping on social media, and I think it got him like over, I don't know, a million views or subscribers on Twitch or something. So it was a pretty successful thing for, for both organizations. Oh, yeah. Like... I'm not a big Lucha Underground fan. Uh, I really need to get off my ass and like watch at least season three. Yeah, yeah, or or at least finish it. I've seen I've seen sporadic episodes of season three on Netflix of Lucha Underground. Uh, uh, about middle of the night, Lucha Underground announced season four for a June thirteenth uh, release date. Oh, that's awesome! So that's that is amazing. We get yeah. to see more more Lucha things and Lucha things and guys. I'm I'm excited. Because yeah. now we get to cover Lucha Underground. Oh yeah, yeah, it's uh, definitely a a great uh, product that they have going on over there. And I haven't seen anything from season three. I think I left off in season two, and I haven't tuned in. But I got to catch up before. Yeah, there's some pretty good Johnny Mundo matches in season three, as you can imagine. Of course. Uh, going into uh this event, uh, Thursday Impact Wrestling right before, because this was a Friday, more or less a Friday event. And uh, on Thursday, uh, if you listen to our last episode, we went over Eli Drake, Moose, Sanjay, D- or not Sanjay Dutt, um, uh, Canadian Destroyer, Petey Williams, uh, all got uh, the Feaster, F- Feaster fired contracts. Uh, Eli Drake, not, a, not happy. He got the tag title. Uh, he kind of baited Moose into, you know, pl- fighting for the contracts on Impact. And um, Sammy Callahan, OVE. Uh, interfered because Moose is friends with Eddie Edwards. That's a re- recurring storyline here because Eddie, Eddie Edwards, uh, as a recap, like got his basically eye broken, <laughs> right, by a miscue uh, of Sa- Sammy Callahan hitting him with a bat. Uh, well, because of this interference, Eli Drake beats Moose, and now he has not only the tag titles but also a world title shot contract. So now he's got two briefcases. <laughs> oh, uh... <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, and 
another recurring storyline on Impact is Brian Cage beat Lashley uh, for the second straight time. And we're recording on the Monday after Raw. Lashley showed up on Raw tonight, so that's a thing that happened. It kind of makes sense that they're pushing the ne- their next big muscular dude on Impact. Yeah. Um, he's a bit wa- he's a bit rough to watch in the ring at times, Red. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, I've seen a couple of his matches, and I know he still needs a little bit of work. Uh, I'm guessing it's just because of his look or his physique that kind of uh, holds him back or, or maybe gives him like a limited moveset, so to speak. But as far as the guy and the character is concerned, I really like him, and I think uh, he has a lot of potential. He just needs to uh, work at it. Yeah, even at the uh, the Impact Lucha Underground thing, um, the third to last match was Eli Drake against Brian Cage, in which... Brian Cage won clean, so they're clearly pushing the guy. Yeah, uh, I, I, I get, I, I got to give Impact credit where credits due is they're they're all in with Brian Cage. Yeah, they definitely are, and he definitely has the uh, the look and the potential, like I mentioned. So they probably see that, and they really want him to be that that guy, you know, as if they don't already have something going on in Eli Drake. Oh, Eli Drake is he's amazing. He's top, he's top yeah. level. Uh, he, you just put him on the mic and it, it's done and over with. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, what was really funny, um, just as a tidbit was before the match started when Eli Drake was like calling out, like no one can handle Eli Drake, you know, his thing. Sure. Uh, Brian Cage comes out and he goes, no, 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 hold, hold on, hold your phone there, big guy. <laughs> I have a tag title shot right here. Uh, you want to be my tag partner? And Brian Cage is like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just cool little things. Um, What's weird is Brian Cage doesn't quite have a limited moveset. It feels limited because none of them feel smooth. It's almost like he's trying too hard in the ring. Maybe that's probably the uh, the issue with it. I know uh, wrestlers in the past with a similar physique, such as Ryback, I think kind of suffered the same fate. Yeah, I'm really afraid with the way this guy's moving in the ring currently that he's just going to get so injury prone, especially with the, with the way his physique looks. Right. Uh, it just looks like his muscles are on muscles. The muscles are just too much for his muscle body. <laughs> <laughs> He's a real life he-man. Yeah. What I was happy to see was Eddie Edwards is back. He's back in the ring again. He's finally cleared. And he faced off against Jeremiah Crane of Lucha Underground. A.K.A. not Sammy Callahan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So that was, that was a recurring theme of the night. Yeah. Was if people in the past were in lucha underground they were using their lucha underground personas and names that's <laughs> so like funny. taya valkyrie wasn't taya valkyrie she was whatever her uh lucha underground name was <laughs> was it uh la Hueda loca or was that her yeah name? yeah okay well Something that's like that's that. kind of cool i guess it just like they're going back to the roots yeah it was i i like that little tidbit on the night um because a lot of the lucha guys you know aren't just specifically signed to lucha year-round they got to branch out and make some money yeah so that was kind of their way of filling the roster i thought that was kind of an ingenious idea um but eddie edwards and and, uh not sammy callahan jeremiah crane had an i quit match and fuck there were a lot of brutal chair shots just back and forth back and forth just like chucking chairs in the heads hitting them (laughs) with the chairs like my god i was like no you're gonna break his face again (laughs) Oh, man. <laughs> he just healed. Yeah. Um, Take it. To but the it back. got. It definitely got. It definitely continued the story. It had a. It had a quite the good ending. 
Um, OVE came out at one point, uh, as they do. Uh, Eddie Edwards was distracted, and then it led to uh, Jeremiah Crane, not Sammy Callahan, kind of setting up the same chair spot with the bat, how he's going to hit him again. Okay. Right? And he did it, like, real slow and maniacal, because that's kind of the more Jeremiah Crane personality. Of course. And then the, uh, like, the owner or CEO of Impact came out and, like, threw in the towel, so, to protect his wrestler. So I quite, I quite like that ending. It doesn't quite end the rivalry. Because it wasn't Sammy Callahan, technically. <laughs> sure, <laughs> but, but, continues it, yeah. but, yeah, but at least for the night, that realism, wrestling today lacks a lot of that, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was fun. It was, it was a, it, I mean, it was hard to watch at times. Um, but that was kind of the point. It was an I quit match after all. Okay. Yeah, they, I mean, the ref would, like, put the mic up to the guy, and, and Sammy Callahan would just say, fuck off, or... <laughs> <laughs> That's you know? awesome. Yeah, get yeah. the hell out of here. <laughs> it was like, get that shit out of here, I'm not quitting. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty good. Um, the more notable event of, to finish off the Impact Lucha Underground face-off was the main event. It was supposed to be Austin Aries and Alberto El Patron against Pentagon Jr. and Phoenix, or Phoenix, as they like to say. And what happened here was Alberto was a no-show to the main event. I heard about that. That was very controversial on social media this past weekend. I thought it was a work. I was like, okay, so, you know, Alberto is going for the title at Redemption. That's the upcoming Impact uh, pay-per-view nearing the end of the month. I thought it was like, oh yeah, he doesn't want to be partners with his... Uh, with his opponent, I thought it was great, and it turned yeah. out he just straight up didn't show. Oh man! And that's... Impact released his ass. Yeah. Arguably he... their biggest, biggest thing of the year, and he doesn't show up to the main event. Yeah, fuck him. Yeah, that's messed up. He just totally buried himself with that one. I really hope WWE doesn't sign him. He needs to. He needs to learn his goddamn lesson. Yeah, I'm, I'm sick of dealing I, with the guy. I know that there was some rumors that somebody and you know in the corporation so to speak is interested in bringing him back but i don't know i think they should have just learned their lesson the first time around when he left you know uh i don't know i i guess we'll see what happens but i, I really don't uh i don't think anybody cares to see him anymore for a third run in wwe i don't care for i don't care for him to see him yeah. ever again at this point he's just too much trouble just too much trouble very especially, controversial especially after building a decent storyline going with Austin Aries going forward and then to just ditch like no as a fan I'm done with the guy yeah yeah uh, all right so that that was impact versus lucha underground it, it was it was entertaining to watch uh you can if you go to impacts uh twitch feed you can still see the old videos and just kind of ch- go check it out I, I it is worth at least doing because that that main event of Pentagon Jr. and Phoenix and Austin Aries showcased what lucha underground brings to the table and austin aries held his own but they kind of like made a story on the spot there where uh phoenix beat pentagon jr austin aries the defending champion was out of the match so technically phoenix is like their number one contender you can argue and they're continuing this into redemption because now it's a triple threat match for the title oh okay yeah between these three guys i love that angle yeah i love it I'm looking. I'm looking forward to see some Lucha Underground guys possibly win the title in Impact Wrestling. Oh man, that'd, that'd be, be awesome! Great. Yeah, that, that really <laughs> would. I'm a fan of crossovers, and I think uh, this is definitely one that has a lot of uh, 
interest and will maybe bring back some fans, you know, hopefully the product of Impact Wrestling. Alrighty. Okay, we're making good time here. So, uh, these next two won't be as long uh, because WXW hasn't had a main event. They just had their regular uh, weekly show sh- called Shotgun. Uh, definitely sh- shouting them out there because they're retweeting and liking all of the things I'm saying on social media lately. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, nice. and they had, they started, they officially started their, we love wrestling tour, um, thing where they go all, all around London and Germany and what have you. Uh, and it started, it started in London with a kind of a crossover with progress wrestling. Okay. Uh, TK Cooper faced off against shotgun champion, Bobby guns. It's kind of their TV title. You might say their mid card. Uh, my God, Bobby guns is the more I watch this guy, the more I'm in love with his style his personality. He's 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 probably one of the best talkers in Europe right now. The King of Smoke style. That's what he goes by. Mm-hmm. His uh, his catchphrase is "Rauchen uh, is totlich, aber Bobby Guns is killer." So smoking is deadly, but I'm killer. That's what he's saying. <laughs> That's a slogan. That's a slogan. It's great. And he's, he yeah. always does a cigarette when he's cutting promos. Even when he goes to the ring, he's smoking. Like, he knows it's bad for his health, but it's it's Europe. Europeans still smoke, so whatever. <laughs> you, wouldn't be able to get, you wouldn't be able to get that over in America, but I still think it would be funny. Yeah, I think it would be funny. I think the last time we saw that was R-Truth and the E back, what, like in 2011? And that was pretty <laughs> controversial, so you just don't see that these days over here in North America. Yeah, the King of, the king of Smoke style is definitely growing on me. Um whether it was on Shotgun or the We Love Wrestling Tour, um, I hadn't, I haven't, uh, even at 16 karat gold, uh, even though he's a mid-card guy, he is carrying the mid-card, and I haven't seen a bad match from him yet. That's uh, a good sign. It, yeah, one funny moment. I'm really, I'm really, TK Cooper's still a bit green, but he's growing on me. Uh, at one point in the match, he talks shit to Bobby Guns with a German phrase. He's like, hast du vergessen? Like, did you forget? And he headbutts him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the main event was a four-way dance. This was this was, as I mentioned uh, in the previous episode, Rad, where the uh, the guys on social media were kind of talking shit to each other between Progress and WXW. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Kayfabe done right. I remember that. K- Kayfabe Twitter done right. And yep. uh, this was the four-way dance culmination. Banks, the current Progress champion, David Starr versus Walter, and. Uh, Dra- uh, Ilya Dragunov, the current WXW title champion. Uh, what a match. Like, wow. Very impressed with what I saw. It was hard-hitting. Um, David Starr, uh, clearly the weaker guy going in, and he looked weak. He looked like he couldn't hang with the with the three of them. Because Banks being the current Progress champion, Walter being who he is, he's the current Atlas champion, um... In progress, he's the current, uh, he's ex-WXW title champion. Dragunov is just this insane communist persona dude that's never leaves kayfabe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, everybody looks strong except Star. Uh, Star got his couple moves in, but he, he looked like the guy that didn't belong. And that's kind of, you know, sticking kayfabe in the match. I quite enjoyed this. Uh, Dragunov ended up winning. Um, Banks was out of the equation. Uh, very good. Uh, Walter Banks, whether it's in Defiant or Progress or even WXW, they are clearly building a like a championship type rivalry going forward. 
Uh, it's 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 a very well told story in the ring, outside the ring, and the Fatal Four Way did not disappoint. Yeah, you can tell they're definitely building up towards that. So I've quite noticed this in uh, the more I pay attention to WXW, uh, it is probably the best right now, the best uh, use of kayfabe in wrestling today. Even I I think it's even more so than New Japan. Oh wow, that's saying a lot. Because, like, just, just let's just take Ilya Dragunov as an example. We have no idea how he is, how how he is or who he is in real life. We only know what his, you've seen on the program. We've only we only know what we see of him cutting promos, uh, coming back. I mean, he had the biggest pop of the year so far. And he still does, uh, showing up at sixteen karat gold for the title. I I mean I, I I linked you to the YouTube video of him showing up at the event. I linked you to the video of him cutting that promo with subtitles, and he's yes. insane. <laughs> yeah, that that was good stuff. Yeah, what do you think? What do you think of the promo he cut, Dragonoff? I I thought it was uh, it was great. He definitely, I guess, uh, channeled that uh, that thing that lacks today, where like the crowd just really buys into it, and like you mentioned before, that you know uh, uh, this whole kayfabe thing is just what you're seeing in the program, and I think that's kind of like what wrestling was like back were growing up and it was just amazing i mean just whatever you saw on tv that's who that person was to you you know this was the days before the internet so i'm guessing they're really doing it right and i i'm really looking forward to more from from this organization yeah uh i gotta i get we gotta do like a uh a share stream of their of wxw's next pay-per-view it's called true colors oh that'd be awesome yeah we definitely gotta do that gotta you gotta watch some of these matches with me yeah uh, yeah definitely yeah, I, I like I, Dragonoff reminds me a lot of Ultimate Warrior. The intensity, the intent, like I will not be a a champion who does not fight. I want to defend this title. I want to prove that I'm the best. And who must I go through? The ring general Walter. Ah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's very Ultimate Warrior esque with right. with the intensity of, of the promo and how he wrestles, and he's just always. Like when, before he does his move, he he does the immortal. He's even called the immortal one in German. Like it, it's it's all there. It's so good. Uh, unfortunately, there's some bad news that came out over the last couple of weeks with WXW. Which was Bad Bones John Klinger is suspended uh, until further notice. Oh man, what was the uh, deal behind that? So a lot of people were afraid he was just straight fired. Uh, this goes back to um, a wrestler in the past who had something happen. And, and the thing about WXW and just uh, the, the Central European wrestling scene, that you don't hear anything. You don't, you don't hear rumors or anything come out of there. You just don't know. They're so under wraps with it all. Which I kind of like because their internal disputes... I think is none of our business. That's the way it should be. It's the way it should be. So yeah, uh, the 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 uh, the rumor along and what we've seen, like he's not fired um, as far as I can tell because he for those that don't know John Klinger is the leader of the main heel faction in WXW Rise. On his Twitter, he's still doing the Rise pose. He's still talking to Demac, one of his uh, Rise compatriots. Um, He's got this new thing like uh, when life gets you down, you got to rise back up kind of thing all over Twitter. Uh, the, the theory is uh, he has joined um, 
Swiss Wrestling Entertainment, a wrestling promotion in Switzerland. He just, I, I get the, the I guess he got an offer he couldn't refuse. And he just went to the head, the, the head off and he's like, look, I got to do me. Um, I got to take this paycheck kind of deal. Ah, uh, okay. And WXW being pissed because he's so ingrained, like he just won the tag titles at 16 karat gold. He's ingrained with this heel faction. You know, uh, I can see, I, I see, I see the issues on both sides. You know, one, yeah. this guy's ditching you and the other one is you're not, you know, I, you know, it, it's 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 just what happened, I guess. Um, I hope he comes back. Is all I can all I can say. And um, Swiss Wrestling Entertainment is also where Jazzy Gabbert wrestles. Okay. Uh, from the Mae Young Classic, the big the big German woman. Yes, from yes, Classic. I, I yeah. remember her. That's right. Yeah, she's known as the alpha female in that promotion. So that's where she is. But man, that is an even smaller promotion than I would say the uh, the South Western wrestling program in the uk okay <laughs> like it looks like they wrestle in a basketball gym <laughs> oh okay like like it, maybe on a good it, day they have at least 50 or 100 people yeah it looks that small like it's it's pretty rough yeah. but hey if they want to give them the money then i guess who are we to argue oh yeah <laughs> ah so yeah true colors is coming up um at the end of the month as well so we'll be covering that i'm i'm quite looking forward to that that that's if you Go look at the card. It's already looking stacked. Uh, quite excited. Especially to watch more Ilya Dragunov. That dude is insane. I haven't... I That's a guy that I haven't seen a bad match from. <laughs> now you're catching on to his career so early as well, so that's kind of rewarding. Well, he's, co- he's come back from, like, apparently a major injury or something. That's why he got such a big pop at 16 karat gold. Okay. Um, so he already has history attached, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, hold on here. People are calling me. Okay. Chapter 65 Progress Wrestling called Have Some Faith in Sound. Uh, 17-year-old Millie McKenzie, the suplex machine, continues to look strong. Losing effort to Killer Kelly. Um, not a bad match, not a good match, but definitely made Millie McKenzie look uh, strong some more. Uh, Killer Kelly... She's a Portuguese chick. She mostly wrestles in WXW. She was the first ever female, uh, or not female. She's the first ever women's champion in the promotion because um, it's a relatively new title. It's the one Tony Storm currently has. Right on. Uh, she did a like a package German suplex and kind of cut her uh, cut her eye, and she she had this just cra- she has this like MMA kind of look to her, but she does a bunch of wrestling moves. But when she got that cut, she was just like, <laughs> she kind of shrugged it off, looked at the audience, and then just she she had almost a crimson mask going on for a woman. It just looked terrifying. <laughs> oh man! So she just continued after that. Oh yeah, she just went straight to character. She just tried to kill uh, Millie McKenzie, but Millie McKenzie proved uh, just a little too much. But she start like she's she looks strong, but she looks uh, she looks like she can be beaten on any given day. It's it's really interesting how she's being booked. I guess compared to somebody like Killer Kelly, I would imagine. Yeah, and Killer Kelly's a young girl too. I think she's only maybe twenty. Um. Yeah. Even even uh, Killer Kelly cut a promo uh, after the loss, and she's like, "Yeah, I got some stitches. Um, maybe maybe Tony Storm was right. Uh, I had I held the WXW title too early. Um." I gotta win matches to prove myself to get on Tony's level, 
and then they cut to another woman in, in the uh, in the WXW promotion in progress of like, yeah, I want Tony Storm's title, but I gotta you know win matches. So the all the females in Europe seem to have this thing about winning over the other female wrestlers to prove to be on Tony Storm's level. So it's almost like they all recognize how good Tony Storm is. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I I really like that. Um. Yeah, uh, definitely go check out a Millie McKenzie match. She's pretty. She's pretty interesting to watch. <laughs> yeah, I've seen uh, Killer Kelly before, but I haven't seen McKenzie. But I have seen pictures. I know what she looks like, and uh, definitely has my my interest. Yeah, I got Rad. I gotta get you watching some some more of these uh these indie scenes because I'm just kind of walking you through of what to watch. I feel yeah, like. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much how it's been. And and actually, I'm looking forward to these podcasts because I'm picking up and learning a lot from you because I don't really follow indie wrestling at least not as much as you so i mean whatever i can catch on youtube and social media that's probably as as the uh furthest i go but it sounds to me that you actually you know subscribe to their uh i guess uh pay-per-view you know uh cable services and whatnot oh yeah Pro- progress and wxw they're they're 10 bucks each you know just like any network is um defiant and impact are more or less free impacts on twitch all the time defiance on youtube so you know, it's it's not a big investment by any means, and I and I enjoy what I'm seeing uh, from both promotions. Yeah. Uh, the reason why we're not covering chapter 66 and 67 of Progress that happened in New Orleans is because there was just too goddamn much wrestling to cover, <laughs> and I can't do it all. Yeah, even if you were, I feel like maybe that would have to be like a two or three episode wrapped around just what happened uh, over the weekend. Yeah. So we'll 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 get there uh, probably with the next episode as you know time goes on. Uh, but chapter 65, uh, was built for a couple title defenses in particular, uh, Walter faced off against Rampage Brown for an at- for the Atlas title, kind of their, uh, heavyweight mid card. I want to, I want to say that's what it feels like. Um, classic hard hitting old school type match. Definitely check it out. Uh, if you, ha- if you get the chance, um, Rampage Brown, I've seen him mostly in Defiant. Uh, he shows up on other scenes every now and again. This guy's awesome. Um, yeah, he he won a uh, he won like an elimination type match to uh, challenge uh, Travis Banks for the Progress title, I believe. Okay. Uh, no, Rampage Brown is facing Austin Aries for the Defiant title. That's what it is. Uh, but in this in in Progress, he's like fighting Walter for this big heavyweight mid card thing. I really enjoyed this match. Well, it it seems whoever Walter faces in that style of his. Because we just spoke about David Starr, this tiny little Jewish dude. And he did the same thing to this big-ass Rampage Brown. And it, just, it looks just as effective on either guy. It's pretty impressive. And Rampage yeah. Brown held his own. And he's just a hard-hitting dude, too. I love this match. It was very... It reminded me of the retro wrestling days of, like, the late 80s, early 90s. Oh, nice. Yeah. Just hit me. Go on, hit me in the chest. They're just slapping each other. They're doing suplexes. You know, just just simple, effective entertainment. But the main, uh, the main draw of the card of the night was Banks against Flash Morgan Webster for the Progress title. Uh, that was that Thunder Bastard match we covered in the previous episode. Yes, that's right. Um, you know, it was a, it was a it was a good match. I'm not totally behind Flash Morgan Webster at all. Uh. It just felt, I don't know, he feels like too much of a of a British gimmick, almost. 
seems like he has a limited move set. Um, don't get me wrong. He, 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 this was probably the best match I've seen out of him. Uh, but I got more of a kick out of what Travis Banks was doing in the match. He was mocking Roman Reigns moves throughout it. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, he began with cocking his forearm and Superman <laughs> punching him. And then he did the whole hoo and the crowd hated it. Oh, like, man. <laughs> immediately. It was so funny. And then later in the match, TK Cooper, my boy, <laughs> they got this like whole New Zealand faction thing going on between the two. Yeah. Uh, he interfered and hit Morgan with a spear, and then he did the hoo <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, uh, the, the ending was, uh, Morgan Webster hit his finisher, uh, as he went for the pin, he, he actually, as he was hooking the leg, Banks, Banks's feet, like, were in the ropes, but the ref didn't see it. Another ref, because the ref was knocked down at some point, hence the interference, um, the, uh, the first ref, like, saw what was that? Like he became, he became coherent of where he was. He saw the feet in the ropes. Ever the, the crowd went nuts with Webster winning. He reversed the decision. And then of course, Banks comes in and then gets the quick pin. Uh, and then Banks got immediately got on the mic. The crowd hated it. And he's like, I'm the best. Uh, you all suck. You love me. Uh, then Walter's music hits. Nice. Like this old beastly German type, dun, 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 you know, kind of thing. It's really cool. Uh, definitely look up Walter's music. Uh, Travis Banks um, goes like, "What the fuck are you doing out here? You know, you're not on my level." Uh, Walter Walter said a couple things like, "No, we're gonna fight now." You know, I, I'm declaring my number one contendership for your title, even though he's a title holder in the same promotion. Uh, and Banks just talked more shit. And the best line was, I will kick the shit out of you, Walter. And Walter just fucking slaps <laughs> him in the chest really hard. <laughs> oh, that's freaking awesome. <laughs> and the crowd went insane again and ba- Banks went away. So over the next month or so, Walter versus Banks is just going to be a heavy rivalry. Like the top dude in Germany against the current top dude in in, uh, in Britain. That I'm, lo- I'm so looking forward to these two going at it in just like three different promotions. <laughs> They already have the uh, rivalry established. Oh, it's it's great because it just feels like they're gonna one up each other in different promotions. Yeah, and just keep talking shit to each other. Banks is just so good. Walter is great. I'm loving this going forward. Uh, I'll definitely uh, keep you posted. Yeah, please do. Um, but yeah, that's the that's the indie scene. Uh, Forty minutes. <laughs> and as promised, Red, I have I have officially made the uh, the top wrestler table. For all three tiers. Sure. Okay. Um, so I'm just, instead of explaining why each guy is in their position, I think you can kind of gather based on how we've spoken about the highlights of what to take away. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. And I can definitely relate it to what you were uh, talking about just a while ago. So definitely yeah. makes sense. So uh, I'll just go from 10 to 1. Uh, 10 is a tie between Brian Cage and, and Phoenix, the Lucha Underground guy. Uh, Lucha, yeah, Phoenix, uh, was the MVP of that match. Brian Cage, you know, pinning Bobby Lashley twice and Eli Drake is no small feat. Uh, I give him a lot of credit for that. Uh, he just looks rough in the ring, so that's why he's not higher. Yeah. You know, so I'm, 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 I'm admiring the push, basically. Number nine is Austin Aries. Uh, he won yet another title, uh, on Impact. He won the, uh, the, uh, Grand Championship, so the belt collector continues. 
David Starr looked strong against Walter, um, had a couple matches against him. Rampage Brown, I spoke about the Atlas Championship match. Uh, Bobby Guns, King of Smoke Style, is number six. Number five is Aussie Open, who I didn't mention. Cur- because the tag titles were stripped in WXW, there is now like this open world tag tournament going on. Okay. And uh, there was a match at Progress Chapter 65 of, of Aussie Open, and one of the members also goes into singles as well. He's just this big, big dude with large hands kind of thing. Um, they, 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 the team impressed, and uh, I think it's, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. It's Davey something. Um, the way, the way I think I'm going to do, if they're in a, an established tag team, even if they have a singles match, I'll just say they represent the tag team. That's how I'm going to do that. That way, tag teams also get recognition. That'll work. Yeah. Four is Millie McKenzie. Uh, she was the she was the the top female wrestler on the indie scene. She defended her title twice. <laughs> awesome. So, Travis Banks defended the Progress title successfully. Uh, had another good match. Walter had had almost no bad matches at all. Um, just facing off against David Starr a few times. I wasn't totally a fan of the repetitive match but it did have good storytelling Ilya Dragunov talked a bunch of shit and backed it up uh, yes, cut, cut totally a good promo agree with that. he's number one uh, the updated rankings is Walter has now moved up to number one just above Austin Aries the belt collector Ilya Dragunov is rapidly moving up the table he's at three Tony Storm is four she just didn't wrestle I didn't see her wrestle over the past few weeks she, I think she's just doing her thing in stardom which I can't I can't watch you know, uh, Travis Banks and Bobby Guns are tied. Oh, Tony Storm, Travis Banks, and Bobby Guns are all tied. Then it's Absolute Andy, the 16 karat gold winner. He didn't have any matches at all. He was just cutting. He was just cutting dirty ass promos in WXW. Eli Drake is still looking strong. Matt Seidel, and then 10 is Ty- Taiji Ishimori and David Starr. So thoughts? Cool. I totally agree with this uh, with this list. All I right. feel like it's something you got to publish, maybe on social media or Twitter. That'd be awesome. Uh, the official yeah, WrestleCast yeah. rankings. The official rankings. Yeah, I'll just uh, yeah. So um, probably the probably a week or so after the podcast comes out, I'll just I'll just send out an update, or I'll just add it to the YouTube page at all, so you can just kind of look at the video and see the Excel sheet. <laughs> cool. <laughs> something. I'll do something. I'll figure it out. Okay. So now we can move on to New Japan and Ring of Honor, something you're more familiar with. Nice. Uh, so, uh, New Japan had two two pay-per-views. Strong Style Evolved, that was the one in California, and Soccer Genesis. Um, arguably, they're one of their big four pay-per-views, I would say. Right. Uh, the The... Instead of going over the plethora of tag matches that New Japan does... Uh, oh, there's figured, a ton of them. Yeah, you know that's just what they do. I agree with them. <laughs> they they serve a purpose. You know, keeps the the wrestlers healthy. Uh, they do like throwing some sort of in ring storytelling into those tag matches to make them relevant, which I appreciate. But that also gives them time to highlight on their singles matches, and that's why they're so much better. Right. <laughs> uh, so Strong Style Evolved um, was Ishii and Okada versus Minoru Suzuki and Zack Saber Jr. This was setting up later for Soccer Genesis the Okada versus Saber match because Saber, as a recap, won the New Japan Cup this year. Sure. 
Um, I thought it. I thought it had. I thought it served its purpose. Um, Minoru Suzuki and Zack Saber Jr. just look so strong, especially Saber. Uh, Suzuki was doing his job and just being this evil dude. Uh, at, at near the end of the ma- like throughout the match, they were just picking on Ishii. That poor guy. Oh man. And then uh, at the end of the match, they had uh, Okada was locked up in a uh, Suzuki hold, and Suzuki was making Okada watch Saber tap out Ishii. Now that's storytelling. I thought I thought that was excellent. That that really got me hyped going forward, uh, and it made Suzuki Gun the stable look like the, this vindictive, evil submission organization that they kind of have built. Um, yeah, I was a fan of the match. It was good storytelling. Your thoughts? Uh, was this the, uh, the same pay-per-view where the Golden Lovers took on the Young Bucks? Yes, that is the next match we were going to talk about. Okay, awesome. Yeah, that's the one that I know, uh, you know, I, I actually, uh, followed. So, uh, definitely take it away. Uh, yeah, so the Golden Lovers, the team of Ibushi and Kenny Omega versus the Young Bucks, a um, lot of animosity uh, between yeah. Bullet Club. Uh, the the reunification of the Golden Lovers is a story in the making for 2018. And this, uh, this was given a five-star match rating. Um, this is a great example of the, you know, anybody can do moves, but the story being told is just as important as the moves. And this is probably yes, the best example agree. of the year of, of not just in-ring storytelling, but outside storytelling as well oh yeah they're definitely taking advantage of that i mean they're doing the uh the social media thing they're making those videos on youtube it's like they're what they're doing with the storyline is just amazing and i'm just uh soaking it all in because it's it's great couldn't agree more it was it it definitely stood out i love i love matt jackson uh constantly selling the back injury as the year goes on uh, they're even wearing the the uh, the weight belts, the back yeah. the back brace belts. Um, I have no complaints over the match. I really liked the moment where uh, Omega had Matt Jackson in the one winged angel, and he just couldn't bring himself to to do the move. And then Matt kind of like wakes up and like put puts Omega's hand on top. And he's like, "Do it!" And then he finally hit it, and there was the big fallout after the match with um uh, with uh. Omega shaking Nick's hand, but Matt kind of not accepting it totally and walking away. Like it's just everything's done so well. Definitely five stars. I I have no no problem with that rating at all. Um, yeah, I think it's uh, the same fourth here. five star match this year from New Japan. <laughs> Crazy, right? It just goes to show you New Japan is where it's at. It really is. It's. I think it's the strongest um, overall promotion in the world right now, and it's not even close with with their storytelling and the uh, yeah. letting them wrestle. Letting them wrestle. I. Why is that such a hard concept? <laughs> but we'll we'll get to, we'll get to what I mean by that later. <laughs> okay. Um, Sakura Genesis. Now this is where things uh, really up the ante. You might say it was the. Uh, I'd love to start off with the. Uh, junior heavyweight title match: Will Osprey versus Marty Skrull. <laughs> Another five star match, according according to the ratings. Um, I don't know if it was necessarily a five star match, but it was definitely at least four point seven five. 
Uh, Osprey wants to die. I'm convinced. <laughs> what do you think, Red? <laughs> yeah, I, I, man, the, those moves that he pulls off, it's just, oh man, I, I just don't know what he's thinking when he's doing this, but he definitely wants to die, and it just, uh, I guess maybe he's trying a little too hard, but it's all for the entertainment of the crowd, and I understand that, but at the same time, you know, you got to protect yourself and uh, your opponent. Yeah, I mean, you got what I took out of this match was uh, Osprey wants he just he just wants to go 110 percent, kind of the Daniel Bryan mentality yes. in the ring. Yeah, uh, but I don't think any a lot of people are giving Marty Skrull enough credit these days. He is a legit, su- uh, a very subtle, really good wrestler. He is a good worker. He is he is he is as safe as someone can be with maintaining this villain his villain style because there's a point in the match uh, after Osprey hit, tried to hit a Spanish fly from the apron to the floor and that's when he kind of like botched it and hit his neck on the side of the apron I thought he died um, luckily he was only busted open <laughs> yeah uh, but Skrull then just everything after that moment he it, it looked like he was kind of protecting his uh, Osprey's neck. Because he was more yeah. or less targeting the head instead. I guess he tried the best he could do to avoid from, you know, something happening even further. Yeah, but he still made it look like he was targeting what he needed to. Right. Uh, to sell the match. Like, there's a moment where uh, Osprey's on the ground and Skrull's just stomping on his on his head and neck. It looked like his neck, but it was still just his head. Sure. Um, loved it. Uh, Skrull was, uh, even though he didn't win... Uh, Osprey just proves he's junior heavyweight champion. It's it's pretty nuts. Um, after the match was over, Osprey called out Kushida to be the next challenger to prove that he is the true junior heavyweight champion of the future and going forward with the division. Uh, I really what what I took out uh, of the match the most was actually what happened post match when each three uh, each of the three guys were interviewed. Uh, Skrull what like accepted the loss. You know, because the story going in is Skrull has Osprey's number. It's kind of his kind of Osprey's kryptonite. Uh, Skrull cut a promo about how uh, he's insulted that there's this mindset that the junior heavyweight division in New Japan is like the lower league. You gotta you gotta level up. You gotta you know you gotta work your way up to the heavyweight division. Junior heavyweight's not as good. He was disgusted with that and he was pissed and he walks away. Uh, Osprey was talking about his injury, how he just wants the best. Then it cuts to Kushida. And Kushida, you know, he's like, I'm honored to be called out by the champion. Um, says says a few good good lines, and he ends it with, uh, well, you lost to... He, he kind of reiterated what Skrull was saying, with junior heavyweights, the best. Uh, don't look down on us because we're, we're the smaller guys. Um, and, he, and then he goes, uh, Osprey, you lost to the heavyweight champion. I can't let you keep the title because of that. What are your thoughts on on the match, uh, on the promos, on the on the people involved? The match is great. The people involved is even better. Uh, I think the promos really elevated that uh, story that we're just so, uh, I guess, invested in. And I think it's making great TV for New Japan Pro Wrestling. And I'm definitely interested in seeing where it goes. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, Osprey over the la- like up to this point. Um, He's just been rock solid. Like, yeah, dangerous. He's going to hurt himself even worse one of these days. Uh, like, we saw it with Ricochet. Like, Ricochet kind of, like, had this epiphany that he shouldn't be 
doing as much crazy shit, but he can still yeah. do some flips, and, you know, you know, and still be phenomenal at that. Exactly. So I'm wondering, like, when is Osprey gonna hit that epiphany? Like, oh shit, I'm like 30 now. I can't do quadruple backflips off a ring apron into a Spanish fly landing on my head. Yeah. <laughs> Too risky. It's very risky. Uh, but speaking of risky uh taking an omega kick to the face because that's what happened in the next match the yeah <laughs> the golden lovers against cody and hangman page uh other side of bullet club story of bullet club feud continues cody looking like the best heel in the world right now uh gets a he get he got kicked in the face by uh, omega got busted open pretty bad there's just something even better about that moment happening because his bleach blonde hair was like channeling his inner, inner Ric Flair. It's just, you know, wearing a crimson mask and his hair is all yeah. red now. And yeah, it exaggerates the look a bit. <laughs> yeah, it, it worked with what was happening because he he yeah. got this like cheap little roll up victory and oh, it was great. I liked it. <laughs> the story of Bullet yeah. Club just keeps continuing. I can't I can't disagree with uh with what happened here. Yeah, yeah, it's a like you said, it just it's continuing, and I'm really liking what I'm seeing from it. it it's just uh. Uh, you know, something that, that is lacking in wrestling these days, just like an invested story that takes time, you know, the proper buildup, you know, you have two guys that are battling to be the leader of this, uh, you know, major villain faction that's taking over, so to speak. And, and uh, that's what they're battling for, you know, ultimately. And, uh, Cody Rhodes so far, I guess, is having the upper hand, but, you know, uh, Kenny has a lot of, uh, I guess, fans behind him. You know, the crowd is definitely behind him. Uh, he's you know, a true baby face right now that's oh sure. yeah definitely even as a as as the heel he was already a baby face so i guess now it's just a matter of embracing that uh baby face side to this whole thing and and uh, you know the reunion of the golden lovers just worked well and i'm really liking the story so we'll see what happens uh but uh yeah as for who's winning this it looks like the heel and cody is definitely having the upper hand but that's great i mean th- this that just means that the story is continuing and it's not uh, over yet, you know, so it's definitely a saga, and, and I'm totally invested in it. I really like what we're seeing in Japan for wrestling right now with uh, the Golden Lovers and Golden Club. Yeah, and to get more of an inside track, if you go to New Japan's YouTube page, uh, they do put all of these post-match interviews, because that's the thing New Japan does, and they kind of... Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's one they of my have favorite subtitles parts. on them. Yeah, <laughs> Uh, it's a recurring thing with my, my, my plea to WWE to just have fucking subtitles. There's too many international wrestlers in your organization to not do that. Yeah. I, <laughs> I think that's something that they should do. And, and even that interview after the match, I really wish that's something they, they would do. It just, you know, brings that realism to it. And, uh, uh, I don't know. It kind of adds to the story as well. You know, a story doesn't really need to be told just by an interview backstage or, the in-ring performance, but also anything that is said before or after. So I, I really love new Japan for that. I really love those uh, interviews post-match. It's uh, an amazing thing to see and really adds to, to the story. Yeah. And even though the match, like it wasn't too long um, when a match does end up on a roll up, kind of like what went down, it, it makes sense to have a match seem preemptively ended. It, it just goes along with that. And it makes yeah. the heel look that much like maniacal in the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. Because I love Cody's got the best heel smug face. He's like, ah, ha, ha, I did it. <laughs> oh yeah, he's a maniac right now. He's he's really kicking ass with that uh, heel thing that he's doing. So 
Oh, and Hangman Page with him is working out so well. Yeah, I know. It looks like they're really building him up to something. I, I can't pinpoint what they're trying to get him to do, but uh, it seems to me that this is his push, and I'm really interested to see where where uh, what they're doing with Hangman Page you know, is concerned or where it goes. So, Yeah, and then moving on to the heavyweight championship match, something we've all been looking forward to. It's Okada versus Zack Sabre Jr., and uh, Zack Sabre Jr. has just been pushed into this I can submit any anybody type of guy. Yeah. <clears throat> not the not the big dude. Um, you know, trying to take the title, overpower uh, a new opponent for Okada, which I took it as great. Now we're gonna finally see a different side of Okada because the kind of the the word of the word of opinion going around about Okada is he was getting a little bit stale as the champ. You know, we keep seeing the same type of win over and over again, drop kick. Um. Uh, uh, fuck. What's this clothesline called again? I'm blanking. Uh, the spin clothesline that he does. Sure, Rainmaker. Yeah, Rainmaker. Uh, Jesus. Of course. Christ. What's happening to me? <laughs> uh. So it was a very slow, unique match. If you haven't seen a Zack Saber Junior match, um, watch any of them. They all kind of have that same pace and feel to it. Uh. This was really no different. You know, Saber's got this real skinny, tallish body. He goes in and out of, of submission holds, you know, really bends elbows and knees into awkward positions that make you kind of cringe. You're like, ooh, ooh, you're not supposed to bend that way. You know, that's a yeah. Zack Saber Jr. match. Uh, so a lot of the match was Okada trying to get the upper hand, trying to, trying to reverse a lot of these moves in different unique ways. Um, Zack Sabre Jr. working on the arm so he can't use the Rainmaker, uh, get, getting the legs every now and again to slow him down so he can't use his signature dropkick. You know, it, it was all there. Uh, I get it that people may not be into the match because of how slow-paced it is and how weird it just looks. It looks so different than any other wrestling match we see. Sure. Uh, but the, but the, the positive take out of this is, uh, yes, Okada won, but we saw a different side. We saw him wrestle a different way and overcome this just different opponent. And I'm in. I'm into it. Um, uh, yeah, I guess it's a refreshing thing, as you said it yourself, that people are starting to think he's stale, winning the same, uh, you know, time, winning the same way every single time. I mean, how long has he been champion for? Like since 2016, I think. Uh, something like that. He's been champion a long time, uh, and he's about to break uh, Tanahashi's record. So post match, Tanahashi comes out and he's like, "I'm not gonna let you break my record." So I think we know where that's going. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I'm excited. That's that's gonna be a good match. Oh yeah, John definitely. Cena, John Cena, Japan against Roman Reigns, Japan, essentially. <laughs> Except yeah, booked so much better, and people like them. <laughs> but yes, people like them, and it is booked so much better. <laughs> that's actually a match I would love to see. It looks great on paper. It'll definitely look good on TV. So. Yeah, uh, and it's and it's interesting that you know you can think AJ Styles had a major feud with them during his his couple years over there. Oh uh, yeah, he was kind of that third guy that was in between them. Yeah. So without Omega kind of in between them anymore, he's got his own thing going on. This is kind of like the perfect time to pull the trigger on Tanahashi Okada, with all this Bullet Club feud thing going on. Now, is it safe to say that they'd actually wait for maybe Wrestle Kingdom next year? You think they'll probably pull the trigger a little bit earlier? Uh, for Tanahashi and Okada? Yeah. I expect this is going to be at Dominion. Okay. That's their, I guess, SummerSlam? 
that they that I'm, they're doing. Okay, and I'm guessing Never. double main events, maybe Kenny Omega and Cody Rhodes will still be going at it. Yeah, they might have like a rematch, like a no holds barred Bullet Club match of some kind. Sure. Uh, Dontaku is like Bullet Kenny's Kenny's Bullet Club with the the Gorillas of Destiny and uh, Cody's Bullet Club because now he's the winner of Bullet Club. Spoiler: He did win the SuperCard match. We'll get there. Uh, so Dontaku's looking interesting on just like faction versus faction kind of setup. Uh, speaking of Ring of Honor, let's move on to the SuperCard. Awesome. Super yeah, card of Honor, SuperCard 12. Take it away. Making good time. <laughs> no, we're good, JD. No, we're making good time. I, I like it. It's cool. Yeah. It's cool. All right, so... There was nine matches on the card. Uh, I th- Was it nine? Yeah, something like that. Uh, we're not going to go over all nine, but there were some were some highlights to come out. Yeah, let's uh, go over highlights and maybe the matches that mattered. Yeah, so I feel... Not, not taking away from anything else on the card. I just uh, feel yeah, like there's some highlights yeah, to point out. Yeah, exactly. Not, not taking away from... Uh, like the TV title match of of uh, uh, of uh, Silas and um, the champion uh, in their last man standing match, it was it was entertaining. I had a friend that was at SuperCard of Honor. He was kind of keeping me posted. He had real good like floor seats almost. Oh, uh, that's awesome! Said, yeah, he said he saved a ton of money not going to uh, NXT. He did go to Mania, and he was like, Mania kind of wasn't great, but <laughs> I think yeah, he would have been better off not going to Mania but going to NXT. But then again, NXT took place at the same time as Supercard. So yeah, and I told him, dude, you've been to a takeover, as great as takeover is, you know, just see different guys. Yeah. You know, that was my advice. And he took my advice, and he had a blast. It was, you know, it's not quite indie, you know, hence why we call it Tier 2 here on the WrestleCast. Sure. But uh, first match I want to go over is Paige versus Ibushi, kind of a Bullet Club uh, versus Golden Lovers thing again. Uh, this was the match that officially got the crowd bouncing. Uh, the, the, the spot that really like got the crowd into it was when, uh, Paige was, Paige did a, uh, well, there was a snap German from a barricade. Oh, okay. Which the guy landed on his head awkwardly and uh, the crowd went insane. Like, please don't die. Are you okay? Uh, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Oh yeah. Like the crowd went insane then. And that pretty much set the precedent for the night. Um, yeah, I I really like you know, dude. I got I got to give it up to Hangman Page. He's really impressing me the last like couple months. Ever since ever since he had that build up to the uh, the U.S. title with Jay White in New Japan. Oh yeah, he's been on fire ever since. Yeah, he has. That's what I'm telling you. I, I think they have something in line for him, and this is kind of like a push. You know, whether it's going to be a slow build or not, uh, it's really uh, looking good on TV, and and I think he's already turning heads. He was always kind of like that Bullet Club member that nobody really remembered, but now he's actually making a, main, a name for himself, and I think this was the perfect match to do that, even though he didn't win. Right, yeah. yeah I honestly no, thought no, they were going to give right it to him. I think the right guy won. I think the right but guy won. But yes, we, we got to go with uh, Cody Bushi. Uh, then there was the culmination of the uh, women's... Women of Honor tournament. Um, we all thought Dashwood was a, was a lock yes. to win. Yeah, she was my pick as well. Um, unfortunately, uh, it, that didn't happen. Um, I thought she was going to join, she was going to be like the first female member of Bullet Club by the end of the night. Uh, 
That would have been awesome. We need another bullet babe. Yeah, Brandy is is fine where she's at. She just seems to be too into Cody Rhodes. I'd like to see just a, a you know, now that now that Ring of Honor has this title, now you can put a female in there to just be this heel badass that bullet, bullet well, maybe you know, maybe she can join SoCal Uncensored or but she's not California. She's <laughs> she's from yeah. the ocean ocean air region. Yep. Uh, but you get what I'm saying there. Uh but the match was Kelly Klein, um, which we may maybe we should have seen. She's a Ring of Honor product against Sumi Sakai, uh, pretty famous Japanese wrestler from uh, from over in Japan. Yeah, she has um, quite the uh, history there with the uh, Women of Honor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kelly Klein was pushed. I believe, if I read and heard this correct, uh, she was undefeated in in Ring of Honor, so they're kind of pushing her pretty hard. Um, but what ended up happening was. Uh, a rough match and an even rougher finish. It was it was pretty rough to watch at times, and the finish went. Uh, Sumi Sakai tried a moonsault, completely missed Kelly Klein. Uh, then oh. kind of panicked and did a DDT that just looked rough, just right on the top of Klein's head. Like she went kind of down in this hunch. I guess they were pinned. desperate to fix it. Yeah, yeah. It it was it was a it was quite it was quite a bummer to see. Um. But all you know, as the match went on, all the women of honor uh, came out and kind of cheered him on, except Tennille Dashwood. Uh, she just kind of stood there with her arms crossed, um, bummed out that she lost, as she did, keeping kayfabe. And uh, you know, Sakai got to hold the title up, and then the crowd like gave her the standing ovation they they deserve, uh, despite a rough match. So. Uh, we'll see where the women's division goes from from there with Ring of Honor. Uh, I hope they don't just kind of push it to the side. Yeah, no, I I don't think so. I mean, regardless of this rough uh, start to the championship, I, I think uh, they have huge things ahead of them. And I'm definitely looking forward to the division from the very beginning that it was announced. I was like, hell yeah, it's about time because they really have an awesome uh, uh, women's wrestling uh, roster, so to speak. So. Yeah, they do. It's very solid. So there, there, there is a lot of potential there to yeah, be unlocked. Yeah, a lot of potential. Yeah, uh, and it adds, and it adds another element to Ring of Honor. So yes, uh, good is. stuff. Uh, then we go. Then we go into the amazing ladder match of SoCal Uncensored against uh, the Flipping Bucks, the Young Bucks and Flip Gordon. <laughs> um, holy shit! Uh, you watched this, right? No, but I oh, saw highlights. Oh, you missed the ladder match? Yeah, I, I didn't see it in its entirety. I saw the highlights and a lot of great spots, you know. Uh, a lot of good things came out of it. I heard a lot of good things about it, so. I actually preferred this ladder match than the NXT ladder match that we saw over the weekend. Oh, really? Yeah, because this one had more of a story. I thought the spots were better and the interference of the other faction in Ring of Honor, the Kingdom, like, took put it over the top. The spots themselves were great. Uh, I think my favorite spot was definitely when um, the Bucks uh, walked the rope, helped him walk the yep. rope, then he jumped over one, two, two, three ladders, and then did a flip off the rope onto a bunch of the dudes. Like, that was the spot, Crazy. Of, the, spot of the night to me. Yeah, it was it really was. cool to see. I'm like, what the hell is he doing? Zoop, zoop, zoop. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> uh, the kingdom interfering 
put this match over the top because the kingdom were uh, in kayfabe barred from the event and uh, Matt Taven wasn't having it. He's like, no, we're the rightful champions. They ended up stealing the titles at the end, even after SoCal is uncensored, retained. And uh, Christopher Daniels like, where's that motherfucker? I'm going to kick the shit out of him, you know? You son- <laughs> Matt Taven, you son of a bitch! <laughs> Still up to shenanigans. Oh, yeah. It was it was good. I was quite enjoy- I quite enjoyed it. Uh, I thought it was very interesting to add Flip Gordon to this mix. Uh, how he just kind of seamlessly integrated into the Young Bucks style. Uh, Flip Gordon is, is another guy who looks like he wants to kill himself. <laughs> yeah. Did you, did you in the highlights that you watched, did you see the spot where he was standing at the top of the ladder, got his, like, leg kicked out, and then he, like, landed headfirst onto the top oh, of the yes, ladder and down yes. to the ground? I was like, oh my god, I hope that was, I hope he did everything he was supposed to there. It almost seemed botched. Uh, I, I don't know about that, but I mean, either way it was, it was a hell of a spot. Uh, just real crazy, you know, it was, uh, definitely a high risk maneuver. Yeah. He, he also had one, um, earlier in the match, if I'm not mistaken, where he jumped onto not the turnbuckle, but the post outside the turnbuckle, one footed kind of lost his balance. And instead of, he was supposed to clearly front flip into all three of the guys on the floor, but he hit one and then they kind of fell down like bowling pins. <laughs> yeah. So that was another, like flip Gordon. He wants to do so much, but you know, may, maybe just hit the turnbuckle next time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hit and miss. Yeah. Uh, then we moved on to Cody versus uh, Omega, which was a very highly anticipated match. Very shocked. This wasn't the main event. Yeah, Actually. you would think that. I mean, that was the major, uh, you know, seller. That that was the uh, the match. Uh, but they did give them all the time they needed to tell their story. It was like a thirty-eight minute match, and this was maybe the best Cody Rhodes match I've ever seen to date. Out of anywhere. Out of anywhere. Like, I couldn't believe wow. what I was watching. It helps that his opponent's Kenny Omega, don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Kenny Omega <laughs> makes his opponents look good. Uh, but Cody told an amazing in-ring story. You could, te- you could tell a lot of the animosity there between the yeah. two. Uh, they went 38, just hard-hitting minutes. Um, so good. Very good wrestling match. Uh, then the Young Bucks came out when they were all exhausted and uh, accidentally missed super kicking Cody Rhodes or did they or and did hit they Kenny, and hit Kenny Omega yeah uh and you saw like you saw Matt Jackson kind of upset but not really and then you saw Nick Jackson like oh no what have we done and then they just kind of walked out of the ring like oh well and then Cody picked up the win so continue the story I was like hell yeah all right I'm yeah. down I'm down with this we just don't get a lot continues. of these finishes anymore no, we don't, and that's what they're uh, really pushing for in this one. Yeah, I quite enjoyed it. You know, it really gets you to go, oh, God, well, Omega would have won if it, you know, there wasn't interference, but the bad guy won. Ah, oh, you know, it makes you look forward to uh, just, like, one more showdown between the two. Yeah. Um, I had a feeling before, it would, maybe I had a feeling Cody was going to win this. I didn't think it would be, like, via the Young Bucks interference of all people. Oh, no. Uh, to set up a one-on-one at Dominion. Yeah. At, in New Japan. Because Bullet Club is a New Japan uh, product. 
So you got to have the new the the Bullet Club feud end in New Japan. I didn't see it ending at in at Supercard of Honor at all. <laughs> Did you? No, no, not at all. As a matter of fact, I think it, it might have just been the the beginning to the story that's continuing. Uh, I thought maybe we were going to get closure between you know both wrestlers, but other than that, no, the story's going to continue. Maybe even past Dominion, if anything. I mean, it's it's a big deal right now. Yeah, it might. Yeah, you're right. It might go past Dominion. You know, just because the Cody Omega uh, feud might like culminate at Dominion, that doesn't mean the Bullet Club feud itself uh, won't end there. It could it could easily go to Wrestle Kingdom next year and just have this like crazy final ash. climatic match. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. and then you break off and have one Bullet Club in the end or something. You know what have you? I don't see yeah. them breaking up Bullet Club, but I really. Really, like, this is what the feud in NWO and NWO Wolfpack should have been in oh, WCW. Yes, I totally agree. And, and that's what I was about to ask you. What are your thoughts on that with Bullet Club? Uh, you know, we're already seeing it happen, but ten- potentially, you know, splitting up into two separate factions similar to what we saw with NWO Black and White and Wolfpack. Yeah, I mean, this is, th- this is really what I wished... Uh, the booking like would have been just this just this slow build of of various guys just kind of turning sides but not really like it's all subtle things um two huge names just trying to take it take over the faction instead of just i'm kevin nash i'm gonna do what i want <laughs> <laughs> yeah finger poke of doom it, yeah i mean i love the finger poke of doom it's one of my most memorable wrestling moments i, I kind of yeah, wish I'd, you... I'd we'd get more of that honestly oh man you know what i, I think we need to do another uh wrestle cast just based on a lot of those uh moments that happened back then but one thing i will say and it's not i know it's not a popular opinion but i was actually okay with it i was an nwo fan and i actually marked out because the moments that nash took that finger poke of doom i knew what was happening and i was just happy to see the nwo back together but again, a lot of people didn't see it like that. They thought, oh, no, they're exposing the business. and It's not how, you know, a business is done in the ring and whatnot. So it just really backfired. But as an NWO fan, I think, you know, uh, guys like you and I appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, and this is the Redleaf retrocast. So I am not opposed to uh, going back in the day and kind of just going we, over old old things at all. Oh, man. It could be, it could be, we a, owe it it could be a segment we for sure, it. man. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Uh, well, we do we do want to do a uh, a wrestler highlight in the next episode over Gail Kim. Yes, uh, that is for sure happening. And uh, depending on feedback, various feedback, and how it goes, maybe we could just do wrestler spotlights uh, every episode. Like maybe maybe we pick one or two matches to watch and cover it on the episode of that particular wrestler. That's a good idea. I, I, that that was kind of my idea. I'm floating around. Yeah. I'm still still working on a couple things, but that that could also get us to cover like a certain moment in the wrestler's career. Maybe that was a turning point, or just you know what could be a, a really good match we saw from the person. Right on. Yeah. So that kind that uh, oh we got we got the main event: Skrull versus Castle for the Ring of Honor World Title. Yes, I was not expecting that uh, result whatsoever. I honestly thought they were going to give it to Marty. Uh, I don't. I didn't like. I was conflicted. I think Dalton Castle is too is too money right now, and Skrull still Skrull is is caught up in the Bullet Club currently. Um, would they have given him the Ring of Honor title and not Cody at the culmination of this? You know, I was really hesitant, but this is another example of just Skrull being an underrated wrestler. Absolutely. And 
even though Dalton Castle, I feel, I don't think he's as good a wrestler as Skrull. He just had, he just exudes as much personality as him, though. Yeah, it's the character, the the charisma. He definitely has them. I'm thinking, like you mentioned, he's money to the uh, organization. I guess they see that, so they're like, you know what? Let's keep the strap on him for several more months. Yeah, I love the boys. I love the I love the uh, the personality gimmick that's going on. I loved all the spot spots specifically of Skrull uh, doing his doing his bird. Uh, you know. Uh, then, then, uh, Castle reverses and, and then does his little, uh, pose, like sticking his chest and penis out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Skrull's like, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> like th- this match, w- like felt like, a, uh, a gimmick, like old school wrestling match of the early nineties. Like that, that's what this reminded me of. And it lasted almost 40 minutes too. They got to shine of, of what they were good at. Yeah. Um, so it definitely obvi- came off as the, uh, as the main event. Yeah, I like because of the finish that Cody and Omega had. Uh, I think where it was on the card was was a good idea, and and I'm I never I'm never opposed to the main title uh, being last on the card. Yeah, that's, that's what, the that, way that's the way it should be. I, I totally agree with you on that. Um, so Scroll and Castle got to showcase what they're capable of. Uh, got to show off their gimmicks, which I really appreciated because that 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 is. That is the E in entertainment, you might say, right there. Sure. Uh, they got to they got to wrestle their styles. Um, they got they had plenty of time to do everything they needed to do. Uh, very good storytelling between body parts being picked. Um, I don't think it was better than Omega Cody, just because Omega is just beyond their level. I think. Uh, but I did I did really like how this match ended. Because for a while there, I thought Skrull was going to win. And that's that was great. That's good in-ring storytelling. When I'm now doubting who I think is going to win. Uh, Skrull pulled out uh, the, the, the evil powder that he likes doing. Uh, Castle kicks it back in his face. Skrull was blinded. The ref like went over to check on his eyes and everything. Skrull uh, thought it was him. He took his hand and like broke his fingers. Oh, that, yeah. That's that the way. old score right there. The ref was like freaking out. Uh, Castle hits him with the finisher. The ref goes for the count. He goes one and then goes, ah, my hand, I can't count anymore. (laughs) I was like, oh, so then I'm like, oh my God, is Castle now going to lose because of that? Um, uh, they fumble around for a little while because Skrull's like still having trouble seeing. So they kept the, they kept the in-ring kayfabe going there. Uh, Castle hits one more finisher and then, and then retains. I was like, oh, that was, that was good. I thought it was done quite well. That was a good, good way to end the night. I agree. Yeah. Uh, any particular spots outside of the uh, the du- the dust in the face, the powder in the face, uh, stand out? No, I think that's probably what stood out the most. Uh, just their in ring uh, chemistry, so to speak, it, it really worked in spite of you know the uh, two wrestlers being completely different backgrounds and characters. Yeah, like even Skrull at one point like took out the umbrella and just looked vicious. He looked like the villain. Um, I gotta get myself a villain club shirt before it's gone, you know. Oh man, I was lucky enough to find one at a Hot Topic some months back. So, yeah, I mean, he's still it's still villain club, so maybe, maybe, maybe I can, maybe I can order one from Hot Topic. I don't know. I need a villain club shirt like immediately. <laughs> yeah, like you said before, they they stop selling them. Ugh. Do maybe it. I'll find one one day. Yeah, I need I need to get one. So. <laughs> 
Um, so that that was Ring of Honor. That was New Japan. Uh, to go over the table, the recap, uh, starting from ten over. Uh, over this these last couple weeks, I got Dalton Castle at number ten. Uh, Zack Saber Jr. at number nine. Uh, kind of ironic they're that low, but I thought I thought few guys had more matches to showcase what they were capable of, more one on one matches. Um, so I can really. I'm really just going on that. Uh, Cody Rhodes at eight. Hangman Page. He's been he's been impressing me. I think he's he's the guy that's been very underrated right now. Uh, Marty Skrull at or oh, I'm sorry I skipped. Um, Kota Ibushi at six. Um, it's Ibushi. He had a five star match. He had that great match against Hangman Page. Uh, number five was Skrull. The match against Osprey, including the match against Castle. Like holy crap, excellent. Just excellent on Skrull. I wish I could have put him higher, but. Fucking Okada is being Okada. He is a beast. We saw a different side of him. I, I yeah. can't ignore that. Yep. Uh, Young Bucks at three, five-star match, plus everything else they've done this this past month. Uh, Omega at two, same reason. And then Will Ospreay has just been tearing up the scene. In my opinion, he's been the best wrestler in the world uh, the last few weeks. Because he also had a five-star match. No, everyone seems to forget that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's been doing a lot of good stuff. I even I even read uh, in PWG the the promotion I mentioned that nobody can wa- actually watch. Uh, he had like a four and a half star match and a four point seven five match in the same week in PWG as well. And I'm like, geez, I put him at number one now. Imagine if I had seen those matches. <laughs> yeah. Like okay, so updated uh, New Japan Ring of Honor tier two table rankings. Uh, it's a tie at the bottom with Ibushi and Tanahashi, Dalton Castle at nine, Naito eight. Osprey seven, he's moving up. Uh, Minoru Suzuki, he kind of went stagnant, um, just being in tag matches, so not his fault, just the booking. Okada is five. Jerry Lethal didn't go anywhere. Um, I mean, I like the tag match at Ring of Honor. It just, you know, okay. Uh, Young Bucks really moved up. They're number three. They're they're uh, just one point below Omega. And Zack Saber Jr. is number one. His New Japan Cup one really really helped him like have a little bit of headway there uh thoughts over the tables uh cody rhodes and the updated um i don't know i feel maybe he should be squeezed in somewhere there but uh, but no you know what I, i'm looking at the list and i can see what you're basing off of so it makes sense yeah i mean cody rhodes uh as good as he has been it's really just been in this last like couple weeks uh you know, his, his Wrestle Kingdom match wasn't... I mean, it was good, but it wasn't great um, against Ibushi. You know, uh, it, it's just this last, like, month or so that um, he's winning matches. He's the best heel now. You know, no, number eight is definitely nothing to nothing to be ashamed about, I think. <laughs> of course not. Yeah, it's still top ten. Yeah, like, if, if Hangman Page didn't have that Jay White match, uh, maybe Rhodes would be higher. If Ibushi, sure. okay. like, there's just too many guys like had five star matches. Yeah, you know? Rhodes didn't have Japan that for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When when we're like, damn it, I want to put Cody Rhodes higher, but Will Osprey <laughs> had like yeah, four that's or five like, star matches in three yeah, days. <laughs> I saw him at like number eight, and I was like, wait a minute, I think he deserves to be, uh, you know, a little bit more up on the list. But then I started seeing all the names after. I'm like, ah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, it, that that was yeah the new New Japan Ring of Honor one um, with Genesis. Uh, it also helped that New Japan had two pay-per-views in the short amount of time uh, for more New Japan guys to to be on the list. Um, so, man, it was it, it was it was a tough one to make. 
That's for sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this list took you the longest to, to put together. Yeah, yeah, the indie one was kind of easy because that's more or less just who's exposed more at, at, at the right time. Right. Um, New Japan's kind of the same way because the singles matches are definitely the highlight of the guy, uh, of single guy, while the, while the tag matches, like, I want Sonata to be high on the list. I love that guy. That guy's smooth as butter, but he had, like, no, he, he was only in tag matches showcasing, you know, his usual moves. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Whoo! WWE time, tier one. Here we go. Oh boy, you ready for this? <laughs> Let's do it. We're starting with NXT, so that's, starting that's with NXT, good. so we're not we're not yeah. totally filled with negativity quite yet. <laughs> WWE NXT. All right. So amazing spot fest ladder match, North American title. Everybody looks strong. That's how they yeah. started. This, that's how they started the night. Yeah, that was a perfect start to to the pay per view. I think, like you mentioned, everybody looks strong and uh, amazing match. Uh, I love I loved a lot of the the new guys kind of being able to showcase what they're what they're going to do in WWE, such as EC3 exuding oh, his personality yeah. in the ring, like yes. mocking Adam Cole. That that was great. And then just Adam Cole's response to that was just pure gold. It was just like, yeah. hey, that that's mine. You know, it's like... Oh, yeah, his fucking face during that moment. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's just totally claiming, he's like, yeah, that's my line. And, and you know, uh, got his revenge, so to speak, right after. And uh, guys like Ricochet, which I think was pretty much the MVP, as I mentioned on the, uh, on the last cast we did with Travis and Logan. Uh, he just really shined. And I think for people uh, that weren't familiar with him, Really got to see what he's, uh, you know, definitely all about. And like you mentioned, I think he's even might have uh, probably limited himself a little bit to obviously protect himself. And even at that, this guy is just phenomenal. Amazing performance. I did notice EC3 took the brunt of damage in this match. Like every time he seemed to be on the screen... He was getting hit by a ladder by somebody. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I don't know, maybe it was like an initiation type of thing, or they just figured <laughs> since he's the bigger guy that he can take it, but EC3 is definitely down for the bumps. <laughs> he took a beating. I was like, oh, I, yeah. I don't think he's winning. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of people had EC3 winning. Um, he was my pick, actually, but I think... a lot of people's. I probably just got my uh, my inner fandom uh you know, get get a hold of that, and and it made my decision. I was like, you know what, I'll go with EC3. Uh, but I, I think the you know the winner was the obvious way to go, and and Adam Cole is the one that's really hot right now, and definitely a bright future once he hits uh you know the main roster and whatnot. So, I I think the right man won. I think so as well. Uh, I am a bit worried going forward of the new guys. Uh. Because I felt like, even though this was a spot fest match where everybody looks strong, um, the only negative thing I really take out of it is, uh, luckily they're in NXT, but it is still WWE, we can't forget. Right. Um, I'm wondering what they're going to do with Ricochet now. Uh, I do like what they did with Velveteen Dream. He, I thought he had arguably the best spots in the match, such as the purple Rainmaker from the top of the ladder. Oh yeah, he, he did that. That was... Uh... Uh, definitely one of the spots of the night. Yeah, it, like Velveteen Dream definitely stood out to me the most in what he did. Uh, I did get my wish of Lars Sullivan, um, br- like breaking someone through a ladder. Uh, yeah, and it wasn't just one person; it was two people. Killing right. Dane did, did the same thing, but it didn't look as that good. That was good. Uh, 
he just did kind of a senton with someone on top, but yeah, yeah, it was fine. Um, Velveteen Dream was definitely, uh, I, I kind of wanted him to win the match because the North American title, uh, Rad, we were speaking about this off, off, uh, off air a couple days ago where it just seems like the title's made for a guy like that. Sure. And, uh, he definitely looked, I think Velveteen Dream looked the strongest in the match for what he was doing and his personality. Uh, but Adam Cole definitely was the right person to win. Right. And I, I even want to say, uh, probably other than Adam Cole, another popular pick to many was uh, Velveteen Dream. I think a lot of people thought that he would be the one in line to uh, to win the North American Championship. Yeah, exactly. So it was kind of sad not to see him win, but I, I hope he does win it down the line. Uh, right. And I even think uh, Travis mentioned on the last uh, podcast that we did with him that this guy is nailing it with his character and uh, that might be all that he needs, uh, you know, to, to get by. He really, he's the type of guy that doesn't need a championship to elevate him on TV. Like he already just looks that good. Like I, I can't, I can never agree with not giving, there's so many titles. So why not give it to the guys who are most over, especially in WWE right now? Like that would elevate the title to mean something. Cause otherwise it's just a, it's just a, belt yeah that's all it is uh that like it's not like the old days where it was three belts and you could have guys like go their entire careers without winning one uh but they were still booked in matches to at least try right uh high profile championship main events yeah we'll definitely get there with a with a couple guys uh when we get to mania uh coming up but on to uh on to the women's match uh, Shayna Baszler booked strong as she should be. Ember Moon, uh, as we're recording, she did show up on Raw, so everything kind of happened as we expected. I yes, think it's fine. We predicted that. Yeah, I think it's totally fine. I think it's the right move. Uh, you know, is Baszler the right champion? Sure, why not? We 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 can't forget that it is NXT. It's not WWE main TV. Right. Uh, Baszler, I think, is is being the blueprint on how to handle Rousey. Uh as they go forward with these MMA type characters. Yeah, that's probably where they're headed. And I honestly think they wanted to have maybe like a strong heel win the championship at first. Cause I honestly do believe they have a uh, Kyrie Zane next in line and uh, she needs to, to wrestle against somebody as much of a heel as, as Shayna Baszler. Oh, absolutely. And Dakota Kai is looking, looking strong as well. She's probably right, right in line, right there with him. Uh, just in a perennial baby face. It just... Oh yeah. I, I honestly thought she was going to be one of the last ones in that women's battle Royal at mania, but I guess we'll get, uh, to that later. Uh, no, we're not going to cover the, the battle Royals cause they were, they were a thing. <laughs> Kickoff pre-show. Yeah. They were, they were just a thing. We'll, 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 we'll just see what culminates after and we'll probably talk about it another time. Sounds good. Yeah, there's just so many questions on what's going to happen going forward that I, I I just don't think we have the time or even can really make positive speculations over things. You know, is are they actually going to do anything? Just just a sidetrack here. Are they actually going to do anything with the NXT women that, that showed up and highlighted in that Women Rumble? Or was it just typical WWE just giving a, a small moment to the crowd? You know what? I, I think you nailed it right right there that's all it was probably just the small moments for you know wrestlemania and it's completely forgotten after that especially with the length of the show and everything that happened after so but either way i mean dakota kai we know that she's with nxt uh, uh that might be a potential program down the road as well so 
Yeah. Uh, and then just speaking of NXT women that look strong in that rumble, I really liked uh, how Bianca Belair looked amazing. Sure, she stood on the turnbuckle for what seemed like a year, uh, but she, as soon as she hit that 450 splash, I kind of just forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're we're getting we're getting sidetracked here. Um, so Baszler booked strong. NXT. I, I, you know, totally fine. She's she's the champion. We're we are getting a little. Uh, diluted now. Now that Oscar and Ember Moon are the previous two champions, uh, kind of makes Baszler look a little ridiculous at this point. But it's NXT. I'll sus- I'll suspend my di- disbelief for the time being. Sure. I did like the match where uh, Ember worked on Baszler's arm, and then she had to hook in her little sleeper hold move with one arm as she was yeah. like holding her hair to increase the pressure. I did like that. Um. So the tag match. The triple threat tag match. Who boy, uh, pretty good, I would say. Lots of yeah, lots of storytelling going on here. Yep. Uh, why, why don't you tell me about this match? Uh, I thought it was an amazing match. As you mentioned, there was a lot of storytelling going on. Uh, there was definitely a lot of spots, but I think the the highlight was the result and what happened at the end, and uh, that was Roderick Strong uh, joining the Undisputed Era. So I totally marked out for that. I thought that was really great. Oh, I lost uh, my goddamn mind. In yeah, that it's like, you know, maybe even if it's just for that moment or just temporary, at least we got to see Ring of Honor guys siding with each other. So that that's really cool. I, I, I quoted this, the strong heel turn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I really Nicely like... Done. Oh, yeah, when, when all the Ring of Honor guys were signed in NXT, we we're all hoping for this dishonored quote-unquote faction i love that name uh undisputed era fine okay i'm totally behind the name now i hated it at first i thought it was kind of dumb uh but now with fish o'reilly cole and roderick strong just dick heels all around uh, <laughs> yeah. cocky like medium-sized guys it's working. somewhat small it's great yeah it really is that uh, they're music, they're gonna run NXT for the next like year. Oh yeah, I have a feeling. I'm definitely looking forward to it. I need to get myself a T-shirt already. <laughs> well, it's like the only NXT shirt you can get with Johnny Wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Like no, you can't get anyone else's. But yeah, that's WWE marketing for you. They don't. Does really... almost have a T-shirt already? No, he only. Well, he has his face, and then it says CN on the back. Oh, right. that's right. I've seen that. That's right. It's dumb. Like, for, <laughs> for a guy, yeah, for, for one of my favorite guys. Uh, in NXT and WWE to to like easily marketable, especially with to to the to the Latin fan base. Like they're come on. <laughs> That's based on his debut look when he had the uh, the hat and the suspenders yeah, and all that. Nothing. No new T-shirt when he's cha- when he was champion. No yeah. nothing. Yeah. Hopefully we'll get one soon. He deserves yeah. one. He deserves a lot of things. Uh, maybe maybe he'll show up on SmackDown tomorrow. I don't know. Uh, so yeah, the, the strong heel turn, we, we both marked out hard. That's, that's what the takeaway there. I look forward to what UDE is doing in the future. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, so now we're on to not the main event, but the main title match, uh, Alistair Black against Andrade Cien Almas. Yes. Arido! Like, oh my God. I was, this was the match Fantastic to me. Fantastic match. Stole the weekend. Oh Yeah. It was even better than the main event. It was better than everything I saw at, at Mania. It was better than everything I saw at Ring of Honor. Uh, this was given the proper amount of time. Um, do I like that Aleister Black kicked out of every single fucking thing I almost threw at him? 
Maybe not, especially if Almas doesn't move up to the main roster now because he's essentially buried by what Black did. Uh, if he does move up, then this is great storytelling. I love the interference from Vega uh, that, you know, the person that got him the title now cost him the title kind of kind of mentality thing going on. It's just like an oops moment. I sure. really like it all. Uh, I marked out hard. Almas, to me, was the MVP of the match because he sold the shit out of everything Black threw at him yeah. on top of the plethora of moves. It was great. And Aleister Black is a very deserving champion. Don't get me wrong by there. He is He is Tommy he and is. Aleister Black. Fantastic. He's good. He Because of how this match went down, he looks like an unbeatable champion now. Yeah, he really does. He's always come off as strong to begin with. I think this championship win just helped that situation. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, four and a half stars minimum for this match. It was my match of the weekend. Minimum. It was four and a half. Uh, so, Aleister Black is the new NXT champion. Uh, I wonder if Drew McIntyre is that close to uh, returning from his injury. Is he going to go at... He said he wants to go after Almas for like kind of a... Retribution type match. Uh, does he then go after Black? That remains to be seen. Um, I'm looking forward to what 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 the future has in store for the NXT title. Right. Now that the North American title is a thing, uh, they also did announce a, another May Young Classic coming, and another UK kind of King of the Ring tournament. Uh, so I guess WWE wants to. Keep on trying to bury the exploding UK wrestling scene. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Yeah, I didn't know Tyler Bate was injured, but I think he's busy doing independent scenes. I think he's just kayfabe injured with WWE. Right. Uh, I could be wrong on that, but yeah. UK King of the Ring tournament announced, um, so it kind of makes sense why Pete Dunne did not win the tag title. <laughs> uh, but on to the main event. Gargano... The face that overcame the odds. Gargano versus Champa, The best built feud in WWE in a long-ass time. I totally agree with you on that one. That This storytelling, uh, you know, the build-up going into this match, freaking amazing. Uh, totally reminded me of what we used to see back in the day, especially WCW, and I was just soaking it all in. Uh, I, I, I loved this match. I thought it was amazing. And like I said, the storytelling and the build-up going towards it was was good. It was great. I especially love the fact that Champa came out to no music. Oh man, that was awesome. <laughs> he was berated with yeah. "fuck you, Champa" chants. Oh yeah, that, that wrestling, you suck, like everything. That's a heel done right, you know. Th- those boos, all that was the the way wrestling should be, you know. Uh, and and I think the main roster, uh, we don't see that a lot anymore, you know. And Champa actually getting, uh, you know, the the boos that he deserved being the heel. Uh, it just worked well. It looked great on TV. It was amazing. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't quite believe what I what I was witnessing there. I loved all. This was another match that was given all the time it, it needed. Uh, I believe this was a forty five minute match or something. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was pretty. It was, long. The, it was the longest one of the weekend. Uh, be, even beat now Cody and Kenny. I, I. I. If I'm mistaken, I'm sorry, but it. It definitely felt the the match only felt like it was ten minutes. It was that engaging. Yeah. Uh, same thing yeah. with Almas and Black. Like that match was like half an hour. That only felt like ten minutes. Uh, Perfect way to describe them both. Uh, but but Gargano, um, it, it definitely told the the match definitely told the story of 
Champa constantly putting Gargano down. Gargano, like, making a, a slow comeback to just be put down one more time. All culminating uh, at the end with uh, this the, the, the symbolic knee brace and the, the constant use of crutches. Uh, being a symbol, being symbolic to the injury that was suffered from Champa, uh, to hitting Johnny over the over the costing him the NXT title, uh, Champa taking the knee brace off, uh, wanting to knee the knee Johnny out of out of commission, uh, to then Johnny, you know, uh, not being fooled by Champa, you know, they even they even had an old homage to to their cruiserweight match in the cruiserweight classic like a year and a half ago where they sat down next to each other. Champa was going to double team. Johnny was ready though and uh, took the knee brace and put like a cross face on him. Champa immediately tapped out. I mean, there was just moments of everything. Like Johnny couldn't hurt his friend with the crutch. Champa's looking at him, you know, with the villain. You're just like, wow, this is like classic good guy, bad guy waiting for the bad guy to say, ha ha, I I wasn't being truthful the whole time. Like it was all... (laughs) there yeah it was good um no i don't think it was the best wrestling match of the weekend i still think that's uh that's a uh, black and almas mm-hmm. uh, i even think cody omega and even Skrull and castle were the better wrestling match uh, but for a f- pure storytelling standpoint um this was the match that stole stole my heart it was amazing uh, I, I, I wonder what's going to happen now, though. Now that this is over. What do you do with Champa? What do you do with Gargano? Does Gargano move to SmackDown? Does he go to 205 Live? Because he's a small guy and Vince doesn't like small men. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. I, I Again, this is just one of those where I just want them to stay in NXT because that's where they get to shine. You know, It's all about the wrestling there. If he were to be on the main roster, he's going to get lost in the shuffle. Absolutely. Uh, you know, maybe... You know, just for speculation and, and being hopeful and positive, you know, 205 Live is looking like the better weekly television show that outside of NXT and WWE. Maybe 205 Live wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. And you can continue that feud there and build other feuds because those guys can can go as well. We can't forget that. Uh, and now with Triple H is there, maybe we, they can get that NXT feel on 205 Live too. Actually, that might be a good idea. Uh, I I just feel that it should just remain as a separate show, though. They can't integrate it within the uh, actual program of Raw or SmackDown because that's where just people tune out. Uh, That's kind of what I'm getting the feeling over the last couple months of where 205 Live is heading. It's it's getting to seem like its own show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then Maverick, the the GM, as they say. uh, (laughs) Yeah, uh, Rockstar Spud. Yeah, he he says he wants to not just be limited to 205 guys on that roster. He wants to pull guys from SmackDown, UK, you know, whatever. You know, constantly bring in new blood so you're not seeing the same matches over and over again. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, so that was that was NXT. Uh, we have our sp- speculation. It was, you know, at, at the very least, A minus, A, A plus. That's up for you to decide how it went. But it was, it was, they were, they went five for five tonight. Or... Yeah, it was great. Not tonight, but you get you get what I was saying. Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, might be one of the best takeovers I've ever seen. Now we got to talk about Mania. <laughs> WrestleMania. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So. I think we're prepared. If you've listened to the Future Wrestling Podcast, Slam Pigs, uh, they were kind enough to have me on. I was definitely the most negative person speaking out on the event. Um, I didn't totally hate Mania. I've I've accepted the fact over the years that Mania isn't truly about the wrestling anymore. It's all about the casuals enjoying a wrestling entertainment event. It's entertainment with wrestling kind of there. Uh, but that being said, I still don't think it's acceptable for a wrestling program that's about that should be about wrestling. Uh, as we've seen in NXT, as we've seen on the indie scenes, that you can be entertaining and be a wrestling show. And of course, Mania this year just felt like, you know, with a stacked card, it should have blown it should have blown me away. Um. But it didn't do that. And that was my fear going into it. Uh, so, instead of just harping on what I think was wrong the whole time, um, if you want to listen to me be negative, just go listen to the Future Wrestling Podcast. On this one tonight, we're going to look at more or less the positive outlooks on, on the night. Excellent. Because uh, I don't want to be vis- I don't want to be visceral. I'm, I'm tired. I'm... I'm just tired of WWE doing the same thing to me over and over again. Not a bad idea. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we're good. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Seth Rollins is the new Intercontinental Champion. Uh, based on what we saw in, uh, later in the night. Uh, I'm just going to say it right now. Brock Lesnar won again. Uh, we'll get there. Uh, Seth Rollins won the title from The Miz. Uh, clearly, Seth Rollins is the workhorse in WWE right now. The IC title is a workhorse title. It's on Raw. It's going to be the one showcased the most now. Uh, I, I don't like the idea of a main event guy uh, being put to a mid-card title, but if they treat this title as a major title in WWE, as I think they've always should, uh, Seth Rollins is the perfect guy to have it on. He can go with anybody. Uh, I, I love the guy. He, he He's another guy that just exudes personality. Um, he's getting a little too spot festy for me. I keep seeing the same like four, four, four or five moves out of the guy. Uh, especially, you know, even though that Rollins Balor match on Raw before Mania um, gave that match away for free was really good. Um, I'm hoping Rollins, uh, you know, holds the title for a while and has good rivalries built going forward. You know, you know, give give me give me a rematch with Miz going forward, and then and then Balor comes in, you know, for a SummerSlam rivalry. You know, the potential's there. You know, Samoa Joe's coming back. That's an easy one oh, to yeah. make. Of course, absolutely, and I totally agree with you on this. I I think the Intercontinental Championship is just such a prestigious title. I think it deserves that kind of treatment. Uh, I'm a fan of the championship. I don't ever want it to be forgotten. So somebody like Seth Rollins to carry it, I think that's good for the championship and. Like you said, there's plenty of star power that'll be returning soon, and we can definitely see some awesome programs, you know, pay-per-views going into SummerSlam and whatnot. But let's hope Seth Rollins uh, keeps it for a good while. Yeah, because when 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 we get to talk about the uh, the state of the Universal Title, uh, that'll be one of the last things we cover. Uh, that'll make sense on why I now think Seth Rollins, like even though I disagree with a main event guy is going for this title uh, with what they're doing. With their with the main show title, uh, this does make sense. Uh, there are there are some uh, there are some underlying issues though uh, in the long run, but 
that's neither here nor there. Right now, Seth Rollins is the Intercontinental Champion. Uh, I hope for a good built feud with The Miz going forward, because The Miz can go. Uh, to me, he was the MVP of that particular match. Um, just because he was the only one not being a spot monkey. He, he was controlling the match and the flow. Uh, it's just a shame he ended up uh, kind of more or less losing his title. So Right. Uh, but... Match of the night was Charlotte versus Asuka. Who the hell saw that coming? <laughs> what a shocking ending. Uh, man, that was crazy. Yeah, so Charlotte made Asuka tap. The streak is over. Thirty, About 34 matches only on the main card for a streak that they built up. So, okay. <laughs> I, I was totally shocked, but I can see why they did it. And the fact that it was at WrestleMania against somebody like Charlotte. I think it was just perfectly executed. I know a lot of people might have wanted to see the streak continue, uh, but it really created a moment, and I was definitely shocked by it. And uh, I- I'm okay with it. And the match itself was just phenomenal. These two women put on an amazing match. Uh, you know, this is what wrestling is all about, and uh, they did a great job. Yeah, somehow... Uh, I didn't doubt that these two don't have the skill. Charlotte is currently the best women's wrestler in the ring Absolutely. in wwe i still don't think the world yeah. uh but <laughs> uh definitely in <laughs> wwe oscar is no slouch yeah. she can go there I, I mean one of the more memorable moments was charlotte uh going for a moonsault off the top and flawlessly just smooth as butter oscar catches her into into a uh into a uh like a coquita clutch a, a sleeper hold uh maneuver yeah. it was like wow that was great there was a spanish fly hit from the top rope um I'm not sure if it was on purpose or not, but Charlotte kind of slipped on the rope a little bit before the move, so you're kind of worried of what's going to happen. Uh, Asuka did a did a suplex out onto the the floor. Like there was there were I I think the only thing this was missing um, to be a five star like our, the like I don't know if there's been ever been a five star women's match ever. Uh, the, I think the only thing missing was a little bit more time. They were only given 13 minutes. Uh, you, you could argue that that was a, a good amount of time for what we saw. But hear me out. I think this would have been even better if they were given maybe five more minutes to do some, like, move reversals, like, try to get the better of each other, you know, kind of one-up each other, you know, like like what we saw out of Steamboat and Flair all the time. You know, lots of technical reversals, because these two are definitely capable of it. Because the ending, sure. it was just Charlotte hits a move, then she goes quick as I can I, I I have ever seen someone go into a figure four it was just spin in up and Oscar yeah, oh yeah yeah uh, I I totally agree uh, JD I think this match uh, uh, should have continued I, I think they already had the crowd in the palm of their hand and it would have still been entertaining and I honestly thought Oscar was gonna kick out of that I was not expecting for her to tap that was a huge shocker uh, you know, but it is what it is, and and even at that, I think it was a, a good match. Came to a close. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it kind of reminded me of the old days in a pay per view where as soon as you got your submission in, it's over, kind of thing. So I, that's why yeah. I don't. That's why I don't hate it. But I would have liked to see Oscar, you know, with her streak and how good they've built her up, uh, to at least like try to go for the ropes and maybe just couldn't quite reach. You know, just a little bit more storytelling, a little bit more time. I think. Uh, would have pushed this match over the edge from that, you know, four uh, four stars that I gave it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, match of the night. Yeah, uh, to me, it wasn't even close. Un- <laughs> un- uh, and it was the second match of the night, so go figure. 
Um, that's why Mania kind of just went a little bit downhill from there. There were still some good moments, such as Ronda Rousey. Rad, we were very optimistic for Ronda Rousey's future, and holy shit, was this not the most entertaining match on the card? It was the most entertaining match, and in fact, it's actually my match of the night. It was the one match that I was actually uh, invested in, totally tuned in. My wife and daughter, who were kind of like on and off, that was probably the only match that kept them engaged. So that said a lot, and Ronda Rousey really pulled through, and she showed uh, you know, the wrestling universe so to speak that she can definitely hang in the ring and she really did just that uh you know she put on a great performance and uh i'm really looking forward to what the future has in store for her uh in wwe yeah i mean i was you know we were talking about like how to make this match uh work with angle and triple h kind of carrying most of it and they did it first and then as the match went on the story just unfolded there with with stephanie constantly doing like running away heel tactics like dick dastardly and wacky races yeah. like she's pulling her hair pulling her down before a tag was made because she didn't want anything to do with rousey i thought that was good stuff she was like playing the role of the heel and like bullying her and it pissed her off to get that rousey that we all know, you know? oh yeah it was that, great. that was great uh, i love yeah. the way rousey even came out with the rowdy rowdy piper homage like dressed in the in the plaid skirt um oh man i jacket. can't wait for the elite to be released on that oh my god it, like that was great i was like is she gonna wrestle in that she took it off just like piper did it, yeah. revealing kind of this mma outfit i was like great this is this is exactly what the people wanted uh, yeah rousey hit some just some great moves she had this great uh rolling clothesline i was like holy shit and then it just like kept going from there to this spinning reversal technique into a backdrop um, oh man that was good you know, when she lifted up Triple H was probably like the highlight. It's like, man, that chick can do that. Uh, well, you know, you could notice kind of Triple H kind of helping her out a bit, you know, with a little jump as well. But, you know, that just proves how good Triple H is as a wrestler. Uh, there's no doubt about yeah, that. Always has been. Always has right. been. Uh, so, the, so the people involved definitely helped. Uh, little, little funky things going on every now and again, like Stephanie, like blocking MMA, legit MMA moves. I was like, <laughs> oh my God, come on. That yeah. was giving me like ridiculous Shane McMahon vibes. <laughs> you know yeah uh but it did it did give it, it, it this was just a classic good guys versus bad guys story and the, and the good guys coming out on top as they should this was this to me was a true mania type moment and not only, not only uh ronda rousey but i thought kurt angle looked great as well he he looked like if he's a, he hasn't aged since his last matches in wwe 15 years ago uh, uh, you know, he pulled out some some moves as well. I, I thought everything was just perfectly executed. The right tag team won. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mentioned my fun little mixed mixed tag belt scenario, and God, does that just not look better and better every day? Because <laughs> uh, yeah, you wouldn't want to see like Angle and Rousey win win the belts, uh, win those type of belt. But that's that's some in, legitimacy to it. Brings legitimacy. It, you know, that's all in my fantasy head. Uh, I can keep, <laughs> I can keep dreaming. But yeah, um, yeah. I mean, well, maybe one day. Maybe one day. Uh, Rousey. I mean, you can tell that WWE is just kind of like practicing with that intergender type of wrestling, and I think in this match it really showed that it. Oh yeah, like Triple H was gonna pedigree Rousey. Uh, Angle had <laughs> yeah, that was awesome stuff. Angle had yeah, uh, tri- Triple H ripped her out of the ring right onto the floor. Rousey sold the shit out of the like she was practicing something over the last week after she went through the table and didn't sell it very well. Oh yeah, uh, but yeah, but this match she sold the shit out of everything. 
Yeah, she did. Like, I loved it. Uh, uh, Angle putting Stephanie in the ankle lock, kind of looking at the crowd. Like, it was... Everything was played very well. Um, Yes, Rousey still has a ways to go, but this match definitely, uh, definitely was a highlight and a good, good takeaway from Mania. And this is a prime example of where wrestling and inter- entertainment can coexist and work well. And this match really did it. Uh, yeah, speaking of entertaining, um, Cena was kind of being the bro in the audience for a while. Uh, you know, he was informed that Taker was there and he goes and get, runs to the back, gets his gets his jorts on, um, comes out. Here comes Elias, you know, lights go down. Elias comes out. You know, everyone, everyone kind of got trolled there for a second. Elias being Elias. Um, I'll, I'll talk more about Elias in a second here. Uh, let's get to Taker comes out. Everyone fucking loves it. Who doesn't love a Taker entrance? And That's what it's all about, man. What, WrestleMania and his entrance. Kind of what we didn't expect was Taker to squash Cena in under three minutes. Yeah, that was totally unexpected. Uh, wasn't Biker Taker. It was Dead Man. Um, I don't know... <sighs> I don't. What was going on with Cena in this match? Like everything I have he no did, idea. he was like falling early. Yeah, uh, I I think he was he was uh, trying a little too much to to play the role of of suddenly being scared that the Undertaker actually showed up. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that had a lot to do with what uh, you know he was pulling off in the ring. But that's all. That that's really much. That's pretty much all we saw. It was just him being scared of the Undertaker. The Undertaker did you know some moves, squashed him, buried. One, two, three, done with. Thank God he didn't lose at Mania. Like Christ, that would have—I think that would have tarnished the record. Uh, does this lead to? I see this leading to one more match at Survivor Series against Cena, or even a third person involved in which Taker will finally, uh, finally call it good. That—that'd be good. I, I wouldn't mind watching that. But let's say if that doesn't happen and it only ends here at this Mania, I think I'm okay with it. And the Undertaker definitely looked healthy he looked good and he looked strong and i think cena did him a solid with uh with that one i mean here we have the undertaker who for the past several years has had so much trouble defeating his opponents all of a sudden you get the top guy in the company and he beats him like nothing so that didn't make sense to me but it made the undertaker look great and i think that's what they were going for yeah it it definitely left a a good taste in taker fans mouths uh heading out um three minute squash like was just kind of funny uh so it like as long as i as long as i look at the positive on it it, it's it's okay um let's just see what happens going forward with taker if this is a one-time thing or does he show up one more time i personally don't believe for one second they're not going to try cena getting a revenge match (laughs) or unless it's leading to some other storyline involving the guy yeah maybe maybe cena's Uh, midlife crisis continues from here midlife crisis (laughs) Maybe we finally get that bash at the beach heel turn we all want. Who knows? <laughs> uh, he he pulls out like a, a CM Punk style thing, and he's like, "I'm sick of losing. <laughs> this is management's yeah. fault." Like, whatever. But 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 speaking of speaking of uh, possibly returning old superstars, Daniel Bryan came back. Um, good feelings. Not much else to say about the match. Uh, Shane McMahon's the best wrestler on the planet, apparently. Uh, <laughs> uh, he could hold his own against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Sure, fine. Yeah, it's wrestling, I guess. I'm sick of. Sure. I'm sick of. I'm personally, 
I'm sick of seeing McMahon's, but the point the point to take out of this match is Daniel Bryan looks strong. Little subtleties in his moves, uh, like his drop kick, and he's kind of holding the ropes as he's coming down. You can definitely. Yeah, I noticed that. You could tell the the ring rust that he might have had, and I don't blame the guy. I mean, he only had weeks to train for this. I wouldn't even call it ring rust. It looked like he was fiddling with his Maybe. move set to to try to be a little bit safer on certain things. That's that's what I took out of it. Uh, but he did win, so good emotional feeling all around. The yes movements as strong as ever. Uh, I thought the little Terminator viral yes thing before he came out was kind of weird, but... <laughs> yeah. Sure. Uh, I, I noticed they, they rehashed that uh, Terminator entrance uh, from Triple H back at WrestleMania 31 against Sting. Oh yeah, we didn't just get one tricycle. We got yeah. like nine. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, well, you know, it's funny you bring up entrances. Um, very weird feeling I got. I was having all throughout Mania. Like, I was like, I don't hate this, but it's not great by any means. I'm sort of entertained. Uh, I didn't like the look of the Titan Tron whenever the mask was there. When, when the wrestlers were coming out in the Tron, you know, as it looked like a pair of sunglasses. You know, I thought that was cool. Uh, right. But when that Mardi Gras mask was there, it, like it just looked, it just looked sinfully ugly. I I didn't really like it to be honest. I know a lot of people saw the entrance and were like, "Oh yeah, it's an awesome entrance. I can't wait for WrestleMania." But when I saw it, I don't know. It was like uh, I I didn't really like it. Not that I hated it, but I just can't say that I was impressed by it. Not to mention with entrances, I wasn't a fan of all that uh CGI graphical thing that you could tell they were practicing with. I hope that's not a new way. Uh, you know, for entrances and ditching the pyro for digital CGI graphics, but I don't know. Yeah, the pyro, the pyro was put in odd places. Like Charlotte got like a couple crackers up in the sky. Um, yeah, I, I did like her little her queen throne entrance, uh, but then Oscar came out and she had the masks kind of in three D. Like I, I put on Twitter, like did I? Well, did I miss the notification to to bring my three D glasses? <laughs> like did i miss something here because it like it it's fine i guess it just felt off. like it, it, it's just my feelings of the night it felt off uh yeah it was uh, off. triple h gets the special entrance um only randy orton brock lesnar they were the only champions on the night that came out last uh that's just an old school mentality i have that the champion should always come out last yeah uh you could definitely tell guys were getting uh, priority of uh, over other dudes on the roster. Um, Finn Balor's entrance was weird. Uh, I get what they're doing with the you know Balor Club for everyone. You know the 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 transsexual openly gay kind of thing going on. Uh, so we saw it. Sony Deville had the rainbow outfit. Um, uh, but we we spoke that WWE wrestlers look like t-shirt salesmen, and that's what I took out of Finn Balor. I didn't have an issue with the whole rainbow. You know, you could dress him up rainbow demon. I don't care. But to miss a demon entrance or even, you know, if you're going to do this, like, Balor Club for everyone, why was it only, like, 15 people on the stage wearing a shirt? Why couldn't it be, like, everybody from the audience is down just for Balor's entrance? You know, they, they, it just fell off. If missed opportunities. Uh, yeah. it, clearly, it was more pandering than anything. I don't appreciate that i think it's kind of insulting as a fan um but anyways getting sidetracked uh getting more negative again but yeah yeah the, the, <laughs> everything felt off um 
So Daniel Bryan, good feeling, right? Yeah, good feeling. Yeah, I you know he's clearly got to go under his uh, impact testing. That was my kind of joke, uh, trying to trying to make jokes out of things. Because after Owens like took him out, I was like, does he have to get taken to the back for impact testing before he finishes the match? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But he did finish the match. He looked he looked good. Uh, the ring rust didn't look too bad. Uh, the subtleties in his moves looking safer. I, I kind of like that. Uh, uh, now for two things, two concerns I have before we get on to the last three matches. Because we we I, I, Rad, you and I definitely have feelings of the last three matches. That's for sure. Of course. Uh, Elias and Rusev. Rusev day is over as fuck. Elias is over as fuck. Um. Travis isn't the only one who said, like, they're over, they don't need a title. Well, here's my issue. Yes, they're over, but for how long? How long does the shtick last uh, before we get tired of it? And if they don't have legitimacy behind the character and we just see him lose all the time, get pinned, what have you, then what is there left for them to do? Because if they're winning matches and in the conversation, or even, or even like, going for the titles, then those characters will have more longevity. Uh, you know, not everyone can be Jake the Snake Roberts, right? Right. With Rusev uh, reportedly asking for his release because he's not getting treated and just being thrown into the main, ev- or main event, the U.S. title picture, and then not only losing the match, but eating the pin. I was the only one out of all the podcasts who didn't have Rusev winning. I had Randy Orton winning because it's Randy Orton, but Jinder Mahal wins. So the positive I take out of that is we finally have a, a heel mid-card champion. Fine. Uh, I don't see why they couldn't throw a rivalry with Rusev as the champion because and then they do something there I don't again it just fell off <laughs> yeah and then Elias are do they even want him to wrestle <laughs> I know he's coming off more as a segment these days you know just a character makes a quick segment that he's out yeah it's just peace out I, I played my guitar three strings <laughs> I saw I saw more of him on, on Twitter videos of people uh showing Elias playing at bars and on Bourbon Street the whole time more than he was at Mania, <laughs> yeah. Like he ate an F F F five and or not an F five a uh, attitude adjustment and then he was gone. <laughs> hey, don't get me wrong, he had a good troll moment, but that's all that that's all I'm getting from Elias now. I'm getting I I personally am getting a little tired of it until he starts winning matches. That's why. Right. That's why. He. If there's an established mid-card, like, he'd be the perfect guy to go for it. I'm not saying he needs to win. Just go for it. So maybe maybe a superstar shakeup, and he goes to SmackDown and goes for the U.S. title. Uh, since there's more an established main card. You know, it's all it's all speculation. Um, I'm very, basically, I'm getting, sure. I'm getting worried for Rusev and, and Elias going forward. Um, so, here we go. Shinsuke Nakamura against AJ Styles. Shinsuke turns heel after what I believe to be a time-constraint, move-restricted match. I agree. It's not what I expected. Now, not to take away that it wasn't a good match. I feel it was a good match, but it wasn't great. And I think we saw better with their match at Wrestle Kingdom by far. Uh, Again, it's not to take away from it. 
but I'm guessing, you know, what this match is going to be remembered for is what happened at the end, and that's the heel turn from Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah, I mean, if they were going to do this the whole time, um, probably should have ended the night on it. Uh, I thought that would have that would have been an awesome closing to Mania. Yeah, uh, w- much better than what we got. Of course, but then there's the thought like <laughs> it's a seven work. hour event. Like, how much energy do you have? I, I, you know, you could argue that that would have then been an adrenaline boost at the end. You know, there, there, there's arguments to be made. Yeah, the match wasn't great. It wasn't bad. Um, I, I, like, I, I, I had a stopwatch going throughout every match of the night, and it was almost like to the T. I'm like, all right, so this match is going to be 15 minutes. Yep, pretty much. Uh, this match is going to be 20 minutes. It's the opener. Well, it lasted 18, so it was damn close. I was like, wow, we're, we're approaching like this time and we still have two matches left. Uh, Shinsuke and AJ Styles, I'll be shocked if they go over 20. They went 20 minutes and like 38 seconds. Like almost to oh, the yeah. dot. Almost exact, right? Yeah, like, so I'm like, wow, they were really time constrained. It was almost like, I felt like the ref was like, okay, we're at 10 minutes, boys. Let's do a couple more moves and wrap this shit up. <laughs> Oh man. Uh I, we're not seeing strong style at all from Shinsuke. It still feels like he's being held back. This was a, a definitely a concern of mine going forward into the match. Uh AJ Styles didn't look as mobile. I I th- I, I have a theory that his ankle was still kind of bothering him. So maybe that was a play. Like there's so many things going through my head on on why this match yeah. went down the way it did. Uh, there might be several factors affecting uh how it went down. Uh like I said, it's just it just wasn't what people expected. And uh, that's a shame because I know there's a lot of casuals that only watch the WWE product and this was the match to watch. Never been exposed to anything outside New Japan, Wrestle Kingdom, uh, what have you. And uh, this is the AJ Styles and Nakamura that they you know, saw. And that's a shame because I, I feel that their previous match was uh, you know, five star. And uh, you know, I guess a lot of people thought that that's what they were going to see in the E and it didn't go down that way. Again, not to take away from both their performances. I I like both guys. AJ Styles is my favorite wrestler right now. Uh, but but it just didn't come off as great. Yeah. Uh, with some of the segments going around and, and kind of, it, it felt like some of these things were killing time. Um, not, I hate to say it, but not everybody needs or even deserves a payday at Mania. Uh you know, it should be something you you earn and work for. I'm not saying that the wrestlers don't do that, but there there does come a point where you know I'm the paying customer. I, I'm entitled I'm entitled to my opinion like anyone else. You know what we're gonna go into next that tag match. It might as well have not have not even existed. That would have been 15 minutes saved right there. Yeah. Add add no five minutes to, to the Charlotte Oscar match. Add 10 minutes to Shinsuke, AJ, so they can do what they what they do what they're good at. Uh, and and that, that, that is the difference between separating mania as a five-star event to something I want to spend my money and go to. I want, you know, I want to buy buy that plane ticket and go to, I'm happy with just drinking a couple beers and getting drunk and and watching it on TV. Like it's, it's moves like that. So, uh, uh, personally, uh, Nakamura was getting stale. They booked him into obscurity, uh, especially losing the gender Mahal of all people. Uh, even Chris Jericho on his podcast, he was sick as shit of them fucking around with Shinsuke like the way they've been doing. Uh, yeah. 
positive outlook. Maybe Travis is right. Maybe Logan is right on the wrestling uh, future wrestling cast. Maybe you're right. Maybe this heel turn is the right time. Remains to be seen. I don't doubt for a second Shinsuke's going to be a bad heel. We've seen him do it in New Japan. He's excellent at it. Yeah. Uh, but how will they... I still don't think... I. This was with uh, Jay with the Smack It Down podcast. He's like, you're still mad? And I go, look, I'm just sick of the foreigner being pinned as the bad guy over and over again because they're not American or Canadian. Like, Yeah, that's WWE's logic. It's WWE's logic so much. And I'm, I'm like, aren't we past that? This isn't the late 80s anymore where communism's ruling the, ruling the world. They're evil. <laughs> you know, we're... AJ Styles is an amazing heel. And he has the verbal skills. Why couldn't... This could have been easily the other way around where Shinsuke wins and AJ, like, loses his shit. You know, it could have easily gone the other way. And, and you know something, JD? I think it, had it gone that way, it's already expected. I, I mean, we... we... As a matter of fact, with the buildup, even though they were both faces, AJ Styles still came off as that heel, and nobody was expecting this. You know, then you have Nakamura congratulating him by you know giving him the title. Uh, you know, it's like, oh man, you know, you have like the ultimate sign of respect, and then here comes a low blow. It was not expected whatsoever. And watching this, that was probably like my most surprising moment of the night, even more so than Asuka tapping out. Yeah, I really wasn't expecting that. I thought they were gonna you know do the the sign of respect, he'd give him the title, they'd, you know, hug each other, raise the arms, leave the ring together, and that's how we would keep it, you know, classy. But uh, but no, he pulled that low blow, and I thought it was executed well. Um, whether, I, I guess whether it's the right time, too early, too late, that remains to be seen. Uh, but I do like heel Nakamura, and it looks like he's built for that more than, than face uh, Nakamura. Yeah, I mean, you could... you. You can definitely see some things happening on Shinsuke's face. And, and again, only looking at the positive side of this, because I, I definitely do understand your points, but I think WWE is always too obsessed with giving us what we're not expecting, which is why they troll us with a lot of decisions we're not uh, accepting to. Right. Like, just like with the Asuka uh, tapping out and the Shinsuke move, it just, I'm so worried that it's just a, a mania moment. And then that, what's going to yes. happen after that? Uh, I've seen it happen time and time again. Right, I mean, especially I in the be... last few years. Oh yeah, of course. You know, I, I'm down for whatever happens, happens, but let it be the beginning of a program for it to, you know, there some sort of reasoning behind it. And right now, it seems to me that everything that happens at Mania stays at Mania, so to speak, and we don't see anything happening. Well, it's that. funny you mention that because the tag match with Strowman was next. One of the hottest talked about things: who's his mystery partner? Who's he gonna get yes. at Mania? Uh, are the bar going to retain Seamus, you know, is suffering a spinal stenosis. Is he, is he on his way out of retirement soon? How much time does he have left? You know, a lot, a lot of, a lot of anticipation for the match. Braun Strowman comes out. I got a partner, but it's no one in the back. It's, and he pulls out a, uh, a referee's <laughs> child who's friends with triple yeah. H in the, in the crowd named Nicholas. Like, is that a fact though? Because they tried to play it as if it was a random kid, but, I knew it had to be part of the show. Oh yeah, there's pictures. There's pictures of Nicholas like with a bunch of Triple H and Stephanie's kids visiting the president. Uh, even the ref was there. You know, his son. So that you know, he's got the inside track on management. You might say this ten year old starting early in life with the lobbying. Um, but yeah, yeah, they 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 made it look like he picked out a random kid. No, he was a plant. Uh, and 
what we we found out on Raw tonight, like when it first started, Braun Strowman relinquished the title immediately. <laughs> he just gave it yeah. back. Like, what was the point then? <laughs> you know what? I would have rather seen. Uh, I guess maybe the women's battle royal on the main card and have this moved over to the uh, pre-show because it, there was no point to it. This was just all show. That's all it was. It was for the live crowd there, but they're not thinking about the ones watching live on TV at home and what we're expecting to see the next night. You know, it it was, it was a spectacle. That's what it was. Um, all, all I could think of, like I was laughing. I laughed at the uh, Shinsuke heel turn because I went, of course, the foreigners turning heel. That's not new. Uh, I laughed when Rusev got pinned because the foreigner is. Not going to get over, especially when he got over himself. He did his, what he was supposed to do. Oscar, uh, the foreigner, taps out immediately to a Charlotte figure. Like, okay, fine, move protection. You see a pattern here? It just kept right. compounding on each other. Yeah. Uh, both Royal Rumble winners lost. That's another thing. Um, Sheamus and Cesaro, two foreigners, <laughs> lost the tag titles to a 10-year-old. Got squashed by Strowman. <laughs> huh. Oh, God. Uh, Balor didn't win. He's Irish. <laughs> it's almost too coincidental. Like, are you kidding me? I'm just running through it in my yeah. head now. I'm like, did it, did anyone not American? Well, I guess Jinder Mahal won, but he's Canadian, so... Okay. Yeah. Uh, Owens and Zayn are Canadian. They lost. <laughs> <laughs> And I hadn't thought about that. Was this the Barry of non-Americans? Uh, you know, okay, so the 10-year-old wins um, the tag titles with Strowman. Uh, all I could think of was WCW shenanigans all over again. That That's what ran through my mind uh, yeah. at the end of this match. You know, the, we were, you mentioned it earlier, uh, Rad. This was the same thing we were making fun of WCW near its end, and it's come full circle. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just don't don't get that, you know. Being a WCW guy, I always hate how they just trash WCW's product, you know, saying how stupid they were. Uh, you know, prime examples when they put the strap on David Arquette in 2000, you know, how dumb that was. But yet they see that it's okay to get what they're trying to put as a random kid from the crowd and book this kid as the world uh, tag team champion. It's just I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, the way I saw it going forward, I was like, oh no, uh, they're turning Strowman into the big show. Uh, they're, they've officially, like, got that train rolling there. Um, yeah. I thought, because this was a win, now it's going to become a program with Strowman picking a random kid out of the audience, kind of like Bret Hart <laughs> uh, giving the glasses to a random kid in the audience before match. He oh, just, man. Strowman goes and picks a kid, and then he wins the tag titles every, or he defends it every week on Raw. Um, it's just a matter of time before he starts shucking and jiving with the kids in the ring or something. <laughs> you know, it's like Brodus Clay. Yeah, t- yeah, Tyrus and Impact. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, the Funka, the Funkadactyls and what have you. God damn it. <laughs> um, and then and then to not even do any of that. Like I was, I was at least hopeful for some sort of entertainment program, but we didn't even get that. It just comes to an abrupt end, and that's it. And I need to catch up on the highlights. I don't know where. I mean, are we going to get like a tournament or? Uh, yeah, the they announced. Yeah, they announced the tag or? team tournament for the, for okay. the Royal Rumble. Uh, Woken Hardy and Wyatt are in it. Um, 
you know, it's not like there's a lot of tag teams to choose from, so we pretty much know yeah, who's going to be in it. AOP showed up on Raw, and then they trashed their manager, so forget That's that. why they brought him over. Yeah. Oh. I mean, th- that wasn't a good move, uh, oh, man, but I guess we're, we're probably going to have to save that for an upcoming uh, uh, WrestleCast. We'll, 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 yeah, we'll, we'll see the culmination at the Greatest Royal Rumble. Uh, we'll, see, we'll, we'll definitely be covering that on, on the next WrestleCast, but holy yeah. shit. Uh, moving on to the main event, three years in the making, or two years, or whatever, the fourth main event in the row for Roman, Roman Reigns. Uh, UFC, Lesnar's coming back. Maybe not now. Uh, I, I put it out there on a previous cast uh, that I was a guest on. I think it was WrestleCast. I've been on so many lately. Uh, like, what if <laughs> Lesnar wins, guys? And they're like, ha, ha, ha. I'm like, but it's WWE. That's 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 all I need to say. And sure as shit, Lesnar wins out of yeah, hitting. Uh, oh oh my god! So Rad, you're gonna get a kick out of this. I was live streaming uh, my reaction the whole time on Twitch at the okay. JD Redley Fletcher cast, uh, and when it got here, uh, five people joined me in the live chat uh, on Twitch and everything, and they're just like, "So how's it going?" I'm just like. Um, I'm groaning. I'm just watching. And then they go, no, 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 no. Like, give us, give us play by play commentary. And I was doing my damnedest to make it just the most ridiculous thing in the world. Cause it was just like, and there's a <laughs> Superman punch, a second Superman punch. The fifth one didn't work. It was released into a seventh suplex by Lesnar. Like it, it, I was counting as it was going on. So there was three spears, one over a table. Uh, it took six F fives, to pin Roman Reigns clean. So what does that make everyone else look like? Just taking one F5 now in kayfabe. Yeah. <laughs> like the whole roster is buried without without even trying. Um, mm-hmm. Roman Reigns was busted open out of, I guess, was a work slash on the spot thing by Lesnar because good God, the yeah, crowd was still, not into this. Still remains to be seen. I, I know that there was some sort of controversy that that might have been. Lesnar going into business for himself to kind of keep the match entertaining and whatnot. I don't know. I think that's a work in itself, but regardless, that didn't help any. The fans could care less. Uh, you know, it was WrestleMania 31 all over again. Lesnar even pulled out the Suplex City bitch. I, w- I just started laughing after that. I was like, oh my God, I, I can't believe this. Oh yeah, he even it's said like, motherfucker yes. after like Reigns kicked yeah. out of whatever F5 I mean, it was. <laughs> after the, the, the Raw Tag Team Championship, they should have just played a replay of the main event from WrestleMania 31 <laughs> and it would have still been the same, but Hey, at least Seth Rollins would have cashed in the imaginary briefcase <laughs> and we would have got him as champion. Other than that, there really wasn't anything to watch. It just, it was horrible. And then the show abruptly ends. Like we don't get a, you know, the, the, Oh, congratulations. To the new champion, the pyro, you know, the, the dome going off and pyro and everything. No, it just comes to an end and uh, we get the replay of the entire show. I think a lot of fans went to sleep that night pissed off. Oh, no doubt. Like, I just don't get it. I don't get it. Um, and I was pissed, uh, like any fan was. Like, this is the main event. There were people visibly leaving uh, as Roman Reigns was coming down to the ring. Uh, Roman Reigns um, had py- he had pyro. Of course, cause of course he did. Uh, Lesnar comes. <laughs> of course you he know, did. Lesnar comes down. I mean, there was beach balls going through the crowd. There was this is boring chance. <laughs> this is awful chance. Uh, CM Punk chance. Like you name it, nobody yeah. was into this thing. It was. I think it's embarrassing to 
the 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 first W, the second W, and the E in WWE. It was embarrassing to all of it. So, but I slept on it. I, I've I've uh, I've calmed down my negativity because I was I was a negative uh, machine <laughs> on the wrestling, a future wrestling cast uh, post Mania. Uh, yeah, you know this this was horrible. Oh man, I wish I could have made that one. Uh, so so I slept on it. I'm here now with you, Rad, and here's what I'm taking away. Okay, here's my positive takeaway from the match. Okay, because it was announced on Raw that Roman Reigns gets a rematch, <laughs> even though he got the shit kicked out of him by Lesnar <laughs> at the Greatest Royal Rumble. So Lesnar's re-signed with WWE for who cares, right? Honestly, I don't care anymore. Lesnar can keep the belt because I don't like the belt. I haven't liked it since the beginning, uh, since uh, Finn Balor had to give it up. Then Kevin Owens was given was given it or was. Triple H gave the belt to Kevin Owens just to get squashed by Goldberg, who then then it's molded into this part-timer belt. So I don't care about the belt anymore. WWE clearly doesn't want me to care about the belt. Uh, Lesnar's never there. I don't care about Lesnar. Every match he, he has looks the same. I'm done. I'm just done. I don't care. Yeah, get the belt off TV. I don't care. Yes, yes. In fact, Roman Reigns can face Lesnar for the entirety of that belt's existence from now on. Because I am all in on Seth Rollins as the IC champ. That is the true belt of Raw. I right no on. longer care what happens with the Universal title. It is not... It is... It, my positive outlook, it is non-existent to me anymore. I don't care if Samoa Joe is facing off until until this Reigns champion for the Universal title and Lesnar uh, is done. I don't care. If any of those two guys are in or are in the picture of that belt, I no longer care. Cause even a shock ending of Lesnar winning, and they may claim it's a mania moment, to me it just proves that I shouldn't care. I shouldn't care. It's not worth getting angry about anymore. So there you go. Rad, there's my there's my rant. What do you think of that? <laughs> I I, uh, I agree with it. Uh, there's really nothing to be seen anymore with that Universal Championship. It's already been tarnished with the repetitiveness, uh, part-timers. Uh, you know, they might as well just call it the Part-Time Legends Championship because that's all it's fulfilling. Um, you know, I, I mean, I really have nothing else to, to say, but agree with you on that one. Yeah, I, I mean, I there was a part of me, like, as much as I hate Roman Reigns, and I don't hate him because it's the cool thing to do. We, we went over that on at the end of the last episode yeah uh if roman reigns won this match and lesnar went to ufc then we could have at least started to move on from all this like pull the band-aid off let's 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 get that let's get that wound healing and then you put a samoa joe a finn balor someone to face reigns and eventually win against reigns i'm not even optimistic about that but i that remains to be seen my most positive thing is as long as Reigns and Lesnar are anywhere near that that title belt picture, uh, I will have nothing to do with it anymore. So, uh, Undertaker, good mat, you know, good comeback, got his win. Daniel Bryan coming back at least give, gives us good feelings going forward. Uh, Shinsuke heel turn gives us a good possible show going forward. Raw after Mania, right. we saw a plethora of new talent on the rosters. Hopefully, no one gets buried. I'm not holding my breath. Uh, Seth Rollins is the 
champ to look forward to going forward on Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Rollins is in full swing. Um, Asuka can restart. Hopefully they don't bury her because she's the foreigner. <laughs> I like her just oh, being an so ass bad. kicker. Uh, Charlotte um, now has credit to her belt reign. I'm just not sure what they're going to do with her on SmackDown now without challengers. Because that's what I'm getting the feeling. Uh, so there's a lot of things going forward uh, with the main roster. Uh, so we'll see how the greatest Royal Rumble turns out. Um, I sure as shit hope it's not just going to be uh, Mania rematches. Cause... That's what it looks like it's turning out to be. Cause, which woof, is unfortunate. Woof. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so WWE wrestler table recap. Uh, 10 Velveteen Dream. He was my MVP of the ladder match. Uh, nine is Asuka, because she put on the best match at Mania with Charlotte. Eight is Rollins, because Monday Night Rollins is in full swing. Roderick Strong uh, hasn't looked just strong at NXT TakeOver. It was on 205 Live. It was his run with Pete Dunne in the tag title tournament, uh, the Dusty Road Classic. Strong had strong showings all around. Uh, just didn't have a defining match, which is why he wasn't higher on the list. Charlotte was the MVP of the match of the night at Mania, so she's at number six. Champa, well, the best heel in WWE currently, goes without saying. Adam Cole had almost a career-defining night, despite not being taken out of the tag match. <laughs> uh, but he's the new North American champion. Um, definitely a good takeaway for him. Uh, Black... Uh, looked incredibly strong. He's the new NXT champion. He's number three. Gargano was the top babyface. Uh, number two, and Almas was my MVP of Mania Weekend in WWE. Uh, I hope he uh, has a bright future, even though the title's off him. Uh, he sold the shit out of everything. He was the best wrestler uh, next to Gargano. It was really hard for me to choose between the two of them. Uh, one, two. So what do you... Very well put together. Yeah? Good reasoning? Yeah, very well put together. Uh... And like you mentioned, Almas and Gargano, you know, kind of hard to choose between the two. I would even say they might have even been tied. But uh, but yeah, I, I really like this list. Yeah, and then the updated uh, table rankings for the WWE wrestlers in Tier 1 is uh, um, Shinsuke Nakamura is kind of hanging out at the bottom there. Uh, Braun Strowman, he, he has points uh, left over from his Elimination Chamber performance. Alexa Bliss was, is on the list because, well, she's the best heel she was the best heel for a while, um, putting on good matches. Asuka, uh, she made the list. Made, made She got up um, to go up. Adam Cole, naturally black. Then Rollins, Gargano, Roderick Strong, Almas uh, at the top. Very, very tight race between that top three. I expect Seth Rollins to climb the list over the next uh, couple months. Uh, not Because they're just going to have more exposure. Uh, so, yeah. um, thoughts over that? Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, more exposure, more wins, which means obviously these rankings will be updated. Yeah, so uh, I want to know what you, who your standout wrestler and uh, match of all of all of this was. Yeah, uh, and I actually have an WWE. Interesting... This is everything. Everything. Okay. Well, the one I'm going to choose is actually in WWE, and I have to go with the debut of Ronda Rousey. Um, she just stood out to me. Very impressive. Yeah. She... Yeah, what she pulled off was just very impressive. Uh, she's a renowned MMA fighter. I think now she's established herself as a wrestler to definitely keep your eye on. Uh, she has a bright future ahead of her, and what she pulled off at WrestleMania was 
very impressive. It gave me match of the night, and at the same time, uh, Ronda Rousey definitely showed that she can hang. So she's my, uh, I guess, the uh, standout wrestler uh, for, for the weekend. And as far as the match is concerned, I would have to go with it's either between uh, Aleister Black and, and uh, Cien Almas from NXT. I believe you can agree on that one. Mm-hmm. And the main events later on, just for the storytelling alone, between uh, uh, Champa and, and Gargano. That was just some good stuff. Yeah, it's Those almost two a coin type of thing, yeah. Yeah, uh, just amazing uh, stuff. I, I was a real uh, happy wrestling fan watching NXT TakeOver, and, and uh, it looked great. Can't really can't really disagree with you there. Uh, I just had a little bit of um, more more uh, exposure, and I was just more into New Japan the last couple weeks. They did have two pay per views after all. Uh, Will Osprey was my wrestler of the weekend uh, and the week last couple weeks. Uh, he's just blown my mind with his move sets, his uh, performances, his promos. Like he is uh, the best title holder currently with the most momentum, as I take it. Uh, the match was the Golden Lovers and Young Bucks match. As well, if you listen to us earlier, I went into great detail over that one. Um, nice. It's been a long time since I since I've seen a tag match unfold like that, uh, with the amount of talent inside. Uh, you know, I gotta say one last segment, st- uh, tidbit here is the Young Bucks continue to just really up their game in 2018. I feel like they're they, they're really uh, diverging from just simple spot monkeys to in ring storytelling tag team machines. Absolutely, uh, they just continue to evolve. I'm quite I'm quite impressed, and Ring of Honor is getting much better. Uh, they're they're di- they're kind of slowly. Uh, going away from just uh, every match being spot fest and you just kick out and et cetera, et cetera. They're, they're telling a lot more uh, stories in the ring and, and getting more programs built than just uh, what they have done in the past. Uh, so right. time for the Bing announcement. Uh, Excellent. Yeah. I've uh, been taking a lot of feedback and suggestions from the community and uh, starting at episode 50. So the very next Redley Retrocast episode that comes out. Uh, that's expected to be the anime episode coming up uh, this weekend of recording. There will be live Twitch streams of each podcast episode going forward on my end, uh, with um, possible uh, with integration of the audience as we record. So that should be something new. Uh, I, I've listened to that. I've got. I've. I've pretty much got it all set up. Uh, so head on over to at BowlingJD on Twitch. Uh, that's most of Redleaf Retrocast. Uh, everything social media between Twitter, Instagram, uh, and Twitch. So that's all consistent. Um, so definitely set, uh, follow me on Twitch and the Redley Retrocast and set those alerts uh, for podcasts. The podcasts are usually recorded on Sunday afternoons. Uh, the, Wrestle- the WrestleCast is a little bit more sporadic based on events and coverage. Probably be more or less a Monday night thing, I feel, um, going forward, barring scheduling issues. So look forward to all the Sunday afternoon stuff. Uh, while there might be a slight change in audio going forward, uh, I do have a new program. It's not just Audacity anymore. So maybe, hopefully, there will be an increase in audio quality uh, overall. Uh, got some new techniques going. Got some sound drops I'm making for, uh, for uh, to go along with a more consistent format for each episode. Uh, the, so the format going here, if, if you like it, this will be more or less a more consistent thing going forward. 
and I hope you like what you've seen here today, and I hope you look forward to what is in store for the future of Red Leaf Retrocast. Uh, Rad, I'd like to hear some last-minute plugs and, and thoughts over the cast going forward. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that was a hell of an announcement. Uh, definitely looking forward to see where your uh, channel is headed, JD. It sounds like a lot of good stuff. Um, last minute plugs. Uh, you know, guys, you can find me on on Twitter, Rad083. I cover both uh, pro wrestling and retro gaming content. Same thing for my YouTube. You can find me, Rad0. Again, pro wrestling and retro gaming content. Uh, definitely have plans to uh, be a little bit more active, uh, you know, have plans to integrate maybe unboxings for uh, action figures and whatnot. Huge toy collector for the wrestling fans that are listening to this. I have uh, one hell of a collection for WWE Basics and Elite, so definitely check that out. There you go. Excellent. So this has been the Red Leaf Retrocast, uh, episode 49, WrestleCast episode 2. It's been... Uh, a long one, not as long as I thought it was going to be. We actually uh, made some good time. <laughs> uh, that could have easily been like a five-hour cast. Uh, easily enough. Um, so, you can find the cast at Twitch Bowling JD starting uh, in the next episode. Uh, I will then upload those Twitch videos to uh, my own personal YouTube page uh, just for extra, an- an- just another place to find it. Uh, you can find the podcast itself, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Smart Radio, TuneIn, plethora of other places. Uh, definitely subscribe. Um, send emails. Uh, that's in the description below. You can send Twitter DMs. Hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Just ask questions if you have any. Uh, I have been getting you guys' feedback. I, I hope I'm listening to and taking the best advice there is. Uh, I, I have also been getting hate mail, but I'm not going to read them here. <laughs> uh uh nothing no hate mail yet on the wrestling cast luckily enough (laughs) uh a lot of people seem to agree and since nobody watches indie wrestling but but me and you it seems that's i think we're getting the clear (laughs) that's great (laughs) so yeah this was episode two i hope you guys had a a good time and uh look forward to the next one i guess that'd be uh probably the beginning of may once a lot of all 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 these other pay-per-views go over again so thanks 